operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. As always, riding shotgun, Steven. Hello. How you doing, my friend? I am doing okay, having some technical difficulties. We are having some technical difficulties here at the bunker. <laughs> uh, I am Rock. As always, you can check out our reviews over at comicbookrevolution.com. You can check us out on Instagram at the Comic Revolution. You can check me out on Twitter at Rock2KsRevolution. Steven. Yes. I'm on Twitter at President Glover. There you go. All right, my friend. (laughs) We have a tasty selection of comics this week. Mm -hmm. A tasty selection. Tasty. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Are you sure you want to say that? Um, Maybe. (laughs) He didn't say what it tastes like, but there is taste (laughs) to it. There is taste to it, okay? (laughs) From Marvel, Mm -hmm. we have the first issue of their new X-Men big event, Age of X-Men Alpha number one age of x man x man singular yes there we go we have make sure they know understood we have x force number two Mm -hmm. and the amazing spider-man number 14 yes and over at dc Mm -hmm. we're gonna roll out with heroes in crisis number five Mm -hmm. justice league annual number one Mm -hmm. and the flash annual number two all right, Stephen. Let's start over at Marvel, shall we? Sure. All right. Uh, f- f- we're, we're <laughs> Half the podcast is Disney-related anyway. So. <laughs> uh, why not? <laughs> Let's start with Age of X-Man Alpha number one. Now, let me give you a little back. Give everyone a, if, if you're not too sure what's going on, if you have been reading Uncanny X-Men, mm-hmm. they've been going through the X-Men disassembled story arc. Mm-hmm. It just wrapped up. With Nate Gray, also known as X Man, mm-hmm. who was created during the big event Age of Apocalypse. That's right. Mm-hmm. He, which just shows you how the X Men continuity just it just needs to be blown up and start over again. Because Nate Gray is also Cable. What? Right. Oh well. So well, Nate Gray, Nathan Summers, Nathan Summers. Too many Nathans. <laughs> it's too many. And the, and the kids of Cyclops, Jean Grey, blah, 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 blah. God. It's just too much. It's just too much. Yeah. Anyhow. So what happened was at the end of Disassembled, he insisted that if the X-Men wouldn't let him bend the world into treating mutants with respect, he'd try his last resort solution, and then he used his powers to make all the X-Men disappear. And guess where they appeared? Re- uh, reappeared? Into Age of X-Men, it appears. That that's where they are now. And that Uncanny X-Men is now going to follow Cyclops and Wolverine trying to find their friends. Hmm. Okay? That's the deal. Uh, I would rather read that. (laughs) I would rather read the the Uncanny X-Men title, right? Sounds more interesting, right? And so, essentially, Age of X-Men is a bit of an homage to Age of Apocalypse. Okay? The big 1995 crossover saga. Because um, that it, one was so good. Right. But it's a little different. It, it's very similar because 
Age of Apocalypse began with an alpha one-shot right. issue, and then you had Age of Apocalypse, and then it ended with an Omega one-shot issue. Mm-hmm. And in that in that story, as people know, I'm sure it was a it was like a dystopian future. It was a dark timeline where the X Men were struggling against Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. They killed this all one, the Avengers and the Fantastic Four or whatever. I don't know. Exactly. This one, though, Age of X Men, it is Man. flips it on its head. This is a utopia. Mm. Where the X Men win and everything is yay, and it's a beautiful utopia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the short explanation of what Age of X Men is. Well, I didn't that's know I had to do research. Yes, to yes, that's that is your story. Yeah. Uh, this issue, Stephen, Age of X Men Alpha number one, is brought mm-hmm. to us by the writers Zach Thompson and Lonnie. Nadler, two writers that I do not have much familiarity with at all, Stephen. Yeah. The artist is Ramon Rosanis, mm-hmm. and the colors by Triona Farrell. Um, basically, we begin in this utopia. It's like um, a modern-day uh, version of the 1950s. Yeah. And all the mutants are living in peace with each other in their 1950s lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That fair representation of this utopia. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have our main cast of characters. It is Storm, Bishop, Nightcrawler, Jean Grey, Colossus, X Man, Man, looking very Jesus-like. Yeah, and Magneto. Yeah, um, and um, now some of them are obvious to pick out, but some of them, if you haven't read uh, ten, y- ten issues of Uncanny X Men. Um, you'll be confused as to who they are. <laughs> Nature Girl is one that I was like, who yeah. is that? I didn't know that that was that the Jesus Chris Pine Obi Wan looking dude was X Man. I was like, who is that? Is that, that is indeed X Man? Cable? No, yeah, well, he's got the cable eye because again, X Men be super convoluted, and it's not the cable you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so we have our team arriving at a place where a young mutant is going through uh, awakening of her powers and she's freaking out and it's causing everything around her to be frozen in stasis and lifted off the ground mm-hmm. x-man finds the little bald girl and she's like a little mini presser x and yeah. he tells her relax we're here to help you out she's only nine years old and so he talks her down everything's fine he's gonna take her uh to the new school for gifted students yeah right and we now see it's called the summers institute Mm -hmm. and it is done up in the brutalist style of architecture Mm -hmm. for you architecture fans out there there you go and angel is uh i like like how everyone has a modified look to them angel Mm -hmm. is like has a receding hairline wears a bow tie and acts a bit a bit like a an english dandy yeah and uh, Storm is bald. Mm-hmm. Not a good look, Stephen. No. And Col- that's why I was confused. Like, is that Storm? Is that who is the bald lady? Um, Ooh, Colossus <laughs> has a fantastic look. He has like the receding. He has the receding hairline that has a widow's peak, and yeah. then like that like Stalinist goatee, pointy <laughs> Stalinist goatee. He looks fantastic. Yeah, he could keep that one. Oh, up, he look that look needs to stay, Stephen. It yeah. is such a beautiful Soviet look to him. <laughs> I love it. Um, X Man, of course, as we said, has kind of like the Obi Wan Kenobi Jesus look. Yeah. Bishop is Bishop. He looks the same. Nightcrawler yeah. looks the same. 
Nature Girl, I would assume, looks the same. I don't know anything about her character. Mm-hmm. And Jean Grey is rocking a very vintage retro Marvel Girl costume, which is mm-hmm. with, complete with a little mini skirt. It looks <laughs> fantastic. That's yeah. a good design. And Magneto is kind of wearing a regal uh, uh, half cloak around one shoulder look, mm-hmm. which he looks good. And he's got the the full beard. Yeah, it's a good look for Magneto. He w- he was reminding me of like like an Anthony Hopkins look, like yes. younger Anthony Hopkins. Yes, like, indeed. I like that. It's indeed, nice. Indeed, indeed. So. The X-Men save the day. They bring the girl back to the Summers Institute. Yay, and everyone's Yay. happy. And they, you see where they are. They, they, they teach kids everything from science to agriculture to civil management. Mm-hmm. All that kind of fun stuff, right? Yeah. And then we have our, our X-Men kind of just hanging out, unwinding after their mission. Mm-hmm. And we notice that Bishop and Jean Grey kind of touch hands, Stephen. And this is the moment where I'm just like, no. <laughs> There's certain comic book characters that, you know, Lois Lane is always with Superman. Yeah. Superman is always with Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. When you put Superman with Wonder Woman, I want to throw up. It's yeah. like watching your parents have sex. <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> okay? I don't want to see that. Just don't. It's just, just don't. wrong. Just don't. Uh, Mary Jane with Tony Stark, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Mary Jane's with Peter Parker. I just, yeah. th- there are certain, to me, mm-hmm. it, I get it if people disagree. Fine, you're wrong. But uh, yeah. you're free, feel free to disagree. Yeah. There are certain characters that they are so ingrained with the other character, it is mm-hmm. fundamentally wrong to see them with anyone yeah. else. It's, are you with me on this? I there's agree. So, I there's saying, a select few characters yeah. I, that I really believe are just so tightly intertwined that it's just wrong to see them with another character. Yeah. I mean, DC has more of those than Marvel does. Oh, I agree. Oh, I agree. But yeah, Marvel has some and Mm -hmm. they're the... the, Jean Grey's and Jean Grey and Scott Summers is one of them. And Cyclops, yeah. That that is absolutely one of them. Mm -hmm. Period. Full stop. End of story. And I get this is an alternate reality and all, but I just... Yeah. The New 52 is an alternate reality too and I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, New 52, I knew that was a start over. I didn't have to read anything to learn that this was, that was an alternate reality. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So anyhow, uh, we end up seeing Jean Grey and Magneto. uh, Magneto, jeez. Jean Grey, wow. Ooh, that would be a weird. Who really don't belong That would be a weird pairing, wouldn't it? Ooh, that's like a daddy issues on Jean Grey's part. Oh my. Oh my! <laughs> oh dear! Now I have that image in my head. That's not good. Um, <laughs> ooh. Ooh. All right. And okay. And moving and on. I've derailed everything now. I know. I've derailed everything. Jean Grey and Bishop. Yes. Postcoital. I know. <laughs> and she's like, <clears throat> "No, this is good." And Bishop's like, "This is bad. We can't do it." And evidently, this is where we learn where certain things like individuals individuals aren't allowed to uh, couple, Stephen. There's hmm. no romance in this utopia. There's no coupling in this utopia. I don't like this utopia, Stephen. Yeah. This is not my kind of utopia. Yeah, because for a moment I thought, well, how do they have... And then I saw that the girl had been hatched. Bingo. And I said, yeah, They're Ew. hatching the kids now. They're not, they're not getting it on yeah. and having fun making babies. Mm-hmm. They're hatching There's them. Some, uh, some SJWs are going to be upset, but they're hatching babies. They're hatching babies. It is not good. No. And so then we see Nightcrawler on the set of a movie where he's the big movie star now. 
And then we see Bishop back at his place, and he's thinking about, oh, I got a lot. It's like a lot going on. You see all of his bishopy weapons and everything. Yeah. And then suddenly, oh dear, in comes uh, the uh, tracksuit brigade. Uh, the tracksuit brigade. <laughs> in walks Iceman and two nondescript females. <laughs> uh, Moneta. Okay. And Psylocke. Okay. And Iceman does look like a skinhead. Yeah. With his no shirt, armband. And suspenders. suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's oh, going to have to d- explain all this to me, Stephen. Yeah. They're the extremists because we're told, whoa, you want to find out more about the extremists? Go check out extremist number one. Uh, wow. Okay. No. <laughs> and evidently we find out that Luke uh, Lucas Bishop has engaged in a forbidden relationship and it's his third breach of the guiding principles. God. Oh, dear. And okay. he is now under arrest. I really don't like this utopia, Stephen. Yeah. He's taking a dark turn. <laughs> like all utopias, right? They take that dark turn. Yeah. Well, they take Bishop down. And Moneta's powers, I'm not familiar with this character, Stephen, but her powers that. entail her fingers going through your nostrils and ears into your head to reach your mind. That I'm going to throw up. Ooh. That is so disgusting. Yeah. That is so disgusting. You could say that. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, you know, they decide it's time for, um, it's time for, uh, uh, they, they mention how Jean has been sent to reconditioning. Oh, dear. Why does she have to be reconditioned? Why can't they both she be reconditioned? She had sex with him. Well, I think he's on his third breach. She okay. may not be on her third breach, maybe. I don't know. Who has he been doing it with then? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We just don't know. I, but, can, I must have these answers. <laughs> yes. And and then they they push Bishop against the wall, and he's near a little, uh, his, his closet that has a button mm-hmm. at, in the floor, a little button, and I guess it's a transportation button, a, a little, that, I don't know. Well, he is a time traveler, so. Yeah, it's a, he's time travel. And so they tell, at this point, Psylocke is about to put a collar on him, and it lets him, uh, it, 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 it evidently, he, um, he's about to lose everything that makes him him, all right? So this yeah. collar must wipe your mind of everything. And then she goes, Lucas Bishop. She sounds like, uh, she she uh, begins to talk like um, Winston from John Wick. Yeah. And goes, you've been excommunicated. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Well, she says excommunicated. But still, close enough yeah. to Winston going, Jonathan, <laughs> leave me no choice. <laughs> you are excommunicado. <laughs> I had to entertain myself at this point in the comics. There you go. Yeah. And Anyhow, of course, you're excommunicated. I'm glad they didn't write it like that, but God, that's I just, know, right? You had to pick the one word. <laughs> it looks like so. Bishop is transported away. I can't tell if Iceman is transported away with him, or is it just Bishop? The art is a little unclear. Unclear, yeah. But it tells you where did Bishop go? Find out, in Prisoner X number one. Yay. Okay, and then we cut to Jean, and I guess she's been reconditioned. We don't know, but she. Oh yeah, she does because she she remembers not remember she her memory is a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Anywho, <laughs> there's that. And yeah. Storm's like, you always remember everything, and Jean's like, you know, yeah. Mm, for some reason, I I don't remember everything, and something feels off. Yes, you've been reconditioned. Yeah. Yes. And apparently, Storm thinks that's totally fine. Totally it normal. Is not brought up again. <laughs> it is not brought up again at all. And then we have the all the little X Men meeting. And and they found something in Union Square, New York, and it's a flyer. 
and then they find and it's a flyer of 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 apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So now we're flipping everything. Apocalypse in this story is the good guy, Stephen. He's the good guy yeah. because they see the flyer says um, it's okay to love. It's a picture of apocalypse. It's okay to love. Come see what you've been missing. You don't want to put that face on a love poster. <laughs> so I guess he's now the good guy. I and guess. the X-Men are the bad guys, right? I guess. And <laughs> so and I, and I like how at the, at the X Sanctuary, the, the school, the summer school for gifted children, they have big signs. It's Brutal's architecture, of course, which is supposed to evoke like Soviet sure. mm-hmm. era living or communist mm-hmm. lifestyle. Yeah. And they have these big signs that say identity, autonomy, harmony, mm-hmm. all sorts of like, you know, neat little slogans all over the place. Yeah. It's like very Orwellian. It is. It is it is like a, a, a hardcore left wing utopia. Yep. Where uh, you don't have any individual freedoms anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all about and sex the is community. Bad. Yes. So that's the issue, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you think? Well, I'm I'm just going through my head, um, thinking of all the titles I could have read this week, other than this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that you made me choose this. Yes. It's a new event. And Okay. Now look, I'm I'm not one of those. It showed you all the titles you can read, Stephen. You can go read the Marvelous X Men number one. That's going to be the main title, focusing on our team of displaced X Men. Or you can read Next Gen number one. That they told you in the story what is Blob think or whatever his name is, Glob thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about an awkward sales pitch. What is this weirdo thing thinking? <laughs> what is this uh, discombobulated fleshy thing? thinking it says it, it, it does it says what's on glob's mind find out in next gen number one that's gonna be the wacky title following those wacky teenage kids at the xavier or summers institute sorry wow. you can then read the amazing nightcrawler number one following the swashbuckling uh movie star life of kurt uh, Wagner. Wagner. Yeah. Or you can read <laughs> Extremist number one as you see them standing in front of a sign that says always watching and it's an eye with an X in the eyes uh, where the pupil should be. Or you can read Prisoner X and follow the adventures of bishops in prison. Well, that sounds like fun. And then you can also watch Apocalypse of the Extracts and the Extracts number one, Stephen, and it is some groovy 1960s <laughs> Austin Powers, free love swinger style cover, Stephen. Look at that. It's got, uh, that's probably Dazzler, right? In a in the mini skirt and go-go boots. You've got, I don't know, is that I Die? And um, I don't know, these, there's Kid me. Apocalypse right there. But, yeah. it's, but it is very like, it is very Austin Powers it's free love. groovy, yeah. <laughs> groovy, man. Yeah. It's all about free love, man. <laughs> I mean, you can read all these titles, Stephen, yeah. while the main title, Age of X-Men, is going on. And, Stephen, what Marvel told us is we can read Age of X-Men Alpha number one, get huh. introduced to the story, and then peel off from the Age of X-Men main title and just read any one of these six miniseries. We don't have to read all of them. Any one of these six miniseries and then hop back in for Age of X-Men Omega number one, and guess what you've gotten? A fully 
condensed story arc of your choosing. So you don't have to read them all. What do you think? I'm sorry. <clears throat> you went to a fugue state? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... At least I'm not making you read all six titles to get the story. Uh, I think that's crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Look, I'm not one of those people who thinks that every single title has to bend to the idea that every issue is somebody's first and that every issue has to make sure that everyone knows exactly what's going on. Like, especially if it's a long running series or whatnot, or if it's a mini series and yes. you come in on the eighth issue when there's 12. Right. Um, uh, however, <laughs> um, I have not read uncanny X-Men. I read the first issue. Yes. Um, I picked it up and I looked at it and I read it in a store I saw the price tag, and I read it, and I said, um, no, tossed it back, and then proceeded to not read any more of it. Yes. <laughs> um, so I have had no idea what's going on. You've not been reading the Disassembled story arc? No. Okay. I didn't even know it was called Disassembled, yes. which would have also been a turnoff, because it brings back memories. Indeed, bad memories bad of Avengers memories. Disassembled. And I, I read this, and I realized that right off the bat, well, first of all, the art looks like... I mean, the art is fine. The art is fantastic. I like the art. Mm. That art is so clean. And with well, the right I mean, story, yeah. this art could be amazing. Well, that's the thing, because it's... It, it's it kind of reminds it's, me it's like, very, It reminds me of, like, yeah. Phil Noto. Oh. I mean, it's not his art, obviously. It's I, was not, trying to, I was trying to it, think of what it reminded it me of. It kind of reminds me of Phil Noto's, the way he does yeah. art. That Could huh. you imagine Imagine this style of art, but it's like a, um, the story is like, um, 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 a, um, come on, what, uh, what's the character Darwin Cook uh, did, the private detective that Darwin Cook did? Come on. Mm. Oh, come on, Steven. I know he did the spirit, but that's not it. What's his name? <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I'll tell you in a second. Okay, um, and I mean, it, it's good. It's just it's 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 off. You know, it's weird. It's not what I was expecting. And Parker, I'm, Parker, imagine he's this not a private art. detective. He's a thief. He's a thief. Whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, imagine imagine this style of art on like a Parker type yeah. comic. I think that'd be good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. this style of art has a really I know we're totally going out of order here, sure. but, but what the hell? This kind of <laughs> art, it reminds me, of, again, it's not like you look at it and go, oh, it's Phil Noto. No, but it, it evokes similar feelings in that it has a really cool um, mid-modern yeah. style to it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get that really neat. If you set this comic kind of in the 50s and 60s, sure. Or you make it modern, but kind of give it like that retro vibe to mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? Like I, I could certain characters, I think it would really work. Uh, certain Silver Age characters, you could probably get away with doing kind of a cool modern, yeah. uh, retro style. You mm -hmm. know, maybe like uh, I don't know. Characters get pulled this off. Maybe uh, Green Lantern could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's certain characters I think that could really pull it off. Yeah. Spider Man could. Yeah. I mean, it'd have to be a highly stylized, uh, sure. uh, you know, kind of like a mini series or a one. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I, I like the art a lot. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's the right. I don't know if it's the right style for this kind of story. I think where the art really shined and showed you 
where it could be brilliant art for a certain kind of story was in the beginning when you see them in that 1950s style. The Mm -hmm. art is like just, it's like, wow, this looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. And maybe once you get away from it, it, it's it's retro art, but it's not fitting the story. Yeah. So I really like the art, and I think that Ramon... Uh, Rosanis would be is really talented, and I mm-hmm. think on the right title. I mean, this art is, I mean, especially with more of the retro heavy scenes. It that's just it's gorgeous. The co- the costumes, the outfits everyone's wearing, the cars, the architecture to the buildings. I mean, this artist, mm-hmm. uh, you have to give Ramon credit. He it's an incredible eye for detail. These cars. Mm-hmm. Are all done up in 50s, 60s style cars, and they are very true to the styles, uh, to the theming of cars in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Really, really well done. The uh, his attention to detail for the architecture, he he delivers highly detailed era specific architecture from mm-hmm. you know, Main Street in the 50s and 60s style architecture to the brutalist style architecture of right, the X-Men. Uh, mm-hmm. He he has a beautiful eye for detail. It's 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 impressive. You don't see artists delivering this kind of look, look at the detail he puts in the gas station. He gets the right how gas pumps looked like in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the amount of detail, the panel truck, I mean everything, the it's it's even the, the the way the street lamps and the benches are. It's 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 phenomenal the amount you don't see people putting detail. Look at every car you can see. That's a '60s Lincoln. Um, the architecture, the lay. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's an impressive amount of detail to pack into your art. Mm-hmm. I mean, it blew me away. I, I think he's not given much of a story to work with. And I don't know if this type of story best suits his style of art either. Yeah. But the amount of detail mm -hmm. that he packs in is just, that's painstaking. Yeah. That is painstaking detail. Mm -hmm. So um, I like it. Yeah. I like it for that. I mean, even how he designs the sets, you can tell it's mid-modern furniture. Mm Mm-hmm. Mid-modern um, uh, uh, refrigerator, TV. Right. It's all very mid-mod. And I think that I would love to see him on a title that really takes advantage of, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like a Vertigo title sure. or uh, 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 Gerard, uh, what, what, oh, what, uh, uh, um, the Young Animals, young animals yeah. title. You know, imagine him doing like Milkman. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think, He's super, super crazy talented, and the amount of detail he packs into each panel, Stephen, is mm-hmm. really impressive. And yeah. the inking is great. The colors are fantastic. I love the color palette. Mm-hmm. I adore the color palette. It has a beautiful uh, kind of dreamy quality to it. Mm-hmm. It's... it's uh, But the story for me falls apart. I'm sorry. I totally co-opted what you were saying. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I mean, well, I'm glad you went into that because it's it's not that I think it's bad. It's just maybe it's just this whole thing is just off for me. Mm-hmm. So it goes into that. I would like to see it on something else, maybe on a like a kind of retro-y like indie like image yep. title or something like that, like a sci-fi kind of thing. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, basically the I just had I just I didn't 
you know, I know they can't say the how or the why this is happening, but you were totally lost, weren't you? I was completely lost. I didn't know who most of the people. Were. I understand. I know Colossus. Well, and, yeah, and sure, Nightcrawler, right. but you know, I couldn't. I didn't know. Was that Gene? Is that Rachel Summers? Is that right? Um, and when I saw Bishop, is that one from the past or the future or the yeah, present? It's like where is it? When right, is it? Right. Um, you know, I said the why and the how, but it's and like when I saw Bishop, I thought that was Nick Fury, and then I saw the the little M, and I was like, oh, that's Bishop. Uh-huh. But it took me a minute. I'm like, right. I can't. I can't tell what's going on. So yeah, I'm, when you first see him, to to in your defense, Steve, when you first see Bishop, he's in the traditional Nick Fury all black outfit with mm-hmm. a gun and a long trench coat, which yeah. is how we've we've been trained to associate. Yeah. With Nick Fury now. And I thought, oh, Nick Fury has a scar, and I was like, oh wait, no, that's a that's an is that an M? Oh, it's Bishop. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go. As I don't necessarily think that this is bad per mm-hmm. se. I just there is nothing here for anybody who has not been reading Uncanny X Men. I don't know. I, I think I have the feeling of what the story is supposed to be about, right? Um, and then learn a little bit about the world and what what you know what goes on within it the right. rules and whatnot but it's just i don't have i don't have any kind of connection there's no tether to the real the regular marvel universe at least not from what i see i agree because it's it's like if it's an alternate universe then give me a hint that it's an alternate universe if it's tied to the main story then tell me that it's tied to the main story mm-hmm. in some way it doesn't have to be five pages of explanation just give me something but i couldn't right. find anything to anchor me to this other than oh it's an X Man an update page at the very beginning would have been nice. Yes. What Marvel usually has on their monthly comics oh, yeah. is is a nice recap page, mm-hmm. and a recap page would have been great. I picked this comic one because it's the number one comic of a, a big event. You know I'm mean, I can't resist it, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna review it. But I did it also because I have been reading Uncanny X Men. This is I'm not like I've been liking it a lot, but I've been reading it. Mm-hmm. And I know you haven't been reading it, so I really wanted to review this comic so you could get the viewpoint of someone who has been reading Uncanny versus someone who hasn't been reading Uncanny to judge whether this will be a successful big event for the general reading populace and not just those who have been reading Uncanny Mm X-Men. Because whenever you roll out a big event, I believe that the theory of any big event is try to pull in a wide, as wide a cross-section of readers as possible. That's Mm -hmm. the whole theory of a big event. And I would agree with you, and your reaction is, your reaction is definitely affirming what m- my reaction was, is that, wow, I don't know how this is going to appeal to any readers who haven't been reading Uncanny X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this issue does a good job selling anyone who's not al- already reading Uncanny X-Men to hop aboard this big event. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does a good job. I think it's, it does a fine job. If you've been reading Uncanny X-Men, perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You'll read this. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Uh, but I think for readers who have been reading Uncanny X-Men, who you are targeting with a big event like this, I think you will be lost, and I don't think you'll really be hooked into the story. I don't think it does a good job hooking you in. I don't think it does a good job selling you on... It, it, it's too vague. Yeah. It is too vague about what is going on. Mm-hmm. What is the purpose of this story? What is the hook of this story? Yeah. What is the identity? What is the mission statement? It's very vague about all of that. Mm-hmm. And since it's so vague, it never really lets the reader know 
What's the mission statement? What can I expect on this title? What's the hook? What's going to get me to come back? It doesn't do that. Way too vague. And it's way too concerned more with trying to sell you on all the other little miniseries <laughs> coming up than trying to give you a clear, concise mission statement to the big event and then a hook to get you to come back. Yeah. It doesn't do that. And I think for that reason, it fails as a big event for anybody outside of readers of Uncanny X-Men. Yeah, I would agree so. I mean, I, I, I don't mind things that are that are vague and, um, you know, and mysterious and whatnot. But I don't mind some mystery, but I gotta know what I, what are you selling me? Yeah, there has. What to, are you sell? What am I going to mm-hmm. get on this title? Yeah, there has to be some kind of connection to the stuff that we, either been reading or that we know. Right. I mean, everybody knows the X Men, so tell us how it relates to the actual X Men. Yep. But it. Because like by the end of it, I just didn't care. I was like, okay, so right. this clearly is not actually happening in the regular Marvel universe. So right. why am you I? You don't really feel this? invested. Yeah, you don't feel invested mm-hmm. in it uh, at all. Yeah, you don't. And um, you know, that's that's uh, that's. And I've been reading Disassemble, and even I'm not that invested in it. It yeah. just feels too fake. Mm-hmm. It feels too fake and too artificial, and they've never really sold the reader on why I should be really invested in this mm-hmm. alternate reality. Yeah, and I'm, obviously, you know, if from what you've described to me, of course, that's apparently what it's supposed to be. Right. It's just a fake reality, but at the same time, you have to sell us on why we should care about the fake Correct. reality. Correct. And that's not done. No. And the character work is very bland. Yeah. All the characters are extremely bland. I say there's there's no character work here at all. <laughs> you're you're right. No, you're right. There it's very very bland. Yeah. And uh whatever character work you do get is more caricature like uh, mm-hmm. well Colossus is Russian so we're going to make sure he's really Russian. Yes. You know, so it's it's just kind of everybody else honestly just everyone else is just super bland. Yeah. Just really really bland. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really hook you at all. No. It reminded me a lot of um of watching, um, watching Infinity War, all the characters other than Thanos are just there. There are yeah. more pawns to be moved around than actual characters. It felt like that here, but that movie had you know a lot of big, cool action, and this was just. This kind of reminded me of a Star Wars prequel. Yeah, where they're just there. Yeah, they were just, just there. Kind of they're just dutiful, doing something moving through the scenes. Yeah, but everyone's very wooden. Yeah, that's that's a better comparison. You know, there was a purpose in Infinity War. Yeah, but this is just like well, like the prequels for kinda, Star Wars. Yeah. Going, just doing. Yeah. Just because, you know, the plot tells them to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Very, very unsatisfying. Yeah. Really unsatisfying for me. And uh, I don't know. I don't don't think it's worth the price of admission. No. Um, How would you grade Age of X-Men Alpha number one? Um... I mean, like I said, my my problems with it mostly come from the fact that I just have no clue what's happening, um, and that takes a that takes a point off. But I don't think it's necessarily terribly written. It's just kind of bland and it's inoffensive. Inoffensive, but it's I cannot I cannot tell you how much I was just baffled. Like, right. what is happening? Yep. So normally I'd have given the writing a five just because mm. it's in the middle of the road, but because there was no effort made to include anybody else, I'm going to give it a four. Mm. Um, the art, I d- it is good. 
but just for me, it was it kind of contributed to the the strangeness of it. I know it's supposed <laughs> to be strange, but it is highly stylized. It just makes me. It, I I don't know. Maybe just this just doesn't like appeal to me as it's much. It's not your typical superhero artwork. No, at all. It's and, not. I mean, I'm I'm fine with that, but I don't know. I'm just. Eh, I'll give it seven. <laughs> all right, all right, very fair enough. You I did will... point out a lot of the detail stuff that, like, when I was first going through it, I mean, I didn't really. Well, you're probably read too this, confused uh, about what's going on. I was on. confused. Yeah, so I didn't attention to the look detail. around too much. Right. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I got so bored of the story, I I just looked at the detail of the art. Okay. That's all. Yeah, I yeah. just stared at the art and stopped reading the story. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go story four nickels out of ten. I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's just very bland, mm-hmm. and the art Ramon Rosanas, man, you got a new fan of me. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I'm going to give him nine night girls out of ten. Okay. And uh, somebody give this guy a really cool retro superhero title to write, yeah, please. I would That's read that. Please, uh, someone give this probably really guy. like that, yeah. Yeah, I think he's just wow. Yeah. All right. Next up, Stephen, we will do uh, – let's do keeping the X family, shall we? Right. X-Force number two. Okay. This issue brought to us by Ed Brisson mm-hmm. doing the words, uh, Dylan Burnett doing the art, Jesus Abertoff doing the colors, and the team consists of Cable, the young one, because Marvel is ageist, Domino, Shatterstar, Warpath, Cannonball, and Deathlock. And they are in Transia, where the dictator there is um, outlawing all mutants and killing them and testing on them and doing all sorts of horrible things to them. That guy is Commandant Constantine. Real bad guy. <laughs> and so essentially it's just X-Force, uh, you know, uh, trying to free mutants mm-hmm. that the Transian dictator has kept uh, in in concentration camps. Mm -hmm. And we see that Ahab is working for this dictator trying to find a cure for mutants. And Ahab's like, you know, you you can't cure it, right? It's not not a disease. Because this dictator thinks it's, you know, that that you can catch it. It's, you know, it's a communicable disease and mutants make other normal people mutants. And Ahab's like, you know, you're born that way, right? You know, it just surfaces when they're, uh, when they're uh, in puberty, right? And we learned that the dictator, uh, his son, when he was a, when he turn, hit puberty, he transformed into a blobby-looking mutant. And so yeah. the dictator thinks it's because he was around other mutants that he was he caught their disease. That's the long and short of it. So we uh, have our team of X-Force. They, we, we noticed that there was some dissension in the ranks, Stephen. They don't like new Cable, young Cable. They don't trust him. They don't think he's the real Cable. Mm-hmm. And so there's little dissension in the ranks. Well, he's not, so. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we also learn that the transient dictators getting uh, weapons from the future, Cable's future. Mm-hmm. And we even see someone from that future visiting the, uh, the dictator and stating that he's uh, not doing what he promised to do. Mm-hmm. And um, that they gave him all these advanced weapons in exchange for Transia being a safe haven for all mutants, and now he's gone back in their agreement. Mm-hmm. And the dictator has the guy killed. Of course. He's like, I don't really care about you or your boss. Throw him back through the portal so the yeah. boss can see what I think of their... Their deal. Of yeah. their deal. <laughs> this deal has been altered. And so... Play, I do not alter it further. Exactly. <laughs> and we end the issue with X-Force uh, locking horns with uh, the Transian military... Um, who have giant robots? Who have giant robots from the future? Of there course, they're go. future tech, mm-hmm. and that's 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 really the issue, Stephen. There's, yeah. I mean, there's not, not a lot to it. It's, no. it's a lot of it's it's you know basic it's stuff. A lot of what you said. Yep, yeah, yeah. it's just that again and again and again and again. Yeah, yeah. X Force uh, number two. What you think? Um, uh, it's fine. 
I guess. Yeah, it's there. It's there. I don't really have um, much, honestly, Stephen. I don't have much positive or negative to say. Yeah, it's, it's just, just there. Yeah, it's. it's I, I okay. can say that it's not bad. Like, but I can also say that it's not very good. It's just, it's. I don't know. I figure with something like X Force, you know, like I want some like like balls out, lots of action and craziness, but it's kind of, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like what trying to be that kind of, but also trying to be about saving mutants because oppression and of course there's a Russia analog because it's in Eastern Europe, right? And but yeah. there's something from the future, and then yeah. there's the thing, and it's like, oh, they're born that way, and I'm like, okay, well, that's. That's not the most. That's not the stupidest way I've seen. You know, trying to compare this to something else right, in real yep. life. Sure. Um, I'm not really keen on the art. No, I didn't like the art at all. I thought it was horrible. Yeah. The. Um, <laughs> that's not the quality that I expect from a Marvel comic. No, definitely not. It's just like Cannonball looks weird. He looks like somebody out of that that Zitz comic strip. Yes. He does. He looks like the main guy from that. I didn't His even, face is all like I didn't even, squished in, yes, like and pointy chin. Up. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why the long face, Cannonball? Um, Everyone's got um, that. Warpath has the same kind of face. Shadowstar has the same kind of face. Yeah, it's, it's it. It, it's just it weird. looks like something you would get from uh, you know just um, some uh, random average indie title. Yeah, it, it, it's not what I would expect from a Marvel or DC comic or in your comic strips every day in your newspaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I don't know. It's so it's it's blah. I guess I can't yeah. really think of any character thing that was interesting. No, or fun. the character work is uh, pretty absent. Yeah, in my opinion, I don't think there's any character work. Anywhere. I feel like they had um, Shatterstar be the one to confront him about being not being Cable because uh, by let's flip a coin and see who's going to be the one. Yeah, it didn't matter. It could have been anyone. Yeah, because they all sound the same. Because they're all interchangeable. Yeah, they're all interchangeable with each other. Yeah, and I mean, like, why is Deathlock on an X Men team? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's there. There he is. Okay. And I feel like every time the young cable is there, they have to go like, no, this is why the young cable is here because the old cable was messing up. It's like, I've heard this speech five I've, times already. Thank you. Ad like, nauseum. They have pounded that into the ground. Yeah. He wasn't doing his job. Like, oh my God, I get it for the 100th time. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah, he was messing up. We get it. It's. Okay. Stop! Stop telling it to us over and over again. Yeah, it was fine. The f- okay, like the first time was like okay. okay. I, I think it's dumb, but it's a it's a solid logical explanation. Yeah. Whatever. But now it's just like okay, just stop. Right. <laughs> Please just stop. Right. But so yeah, I mean that I I'm literally fighting to find things to say, but I cannot think of anything. No, seriously. Look, it's average. I, is it right is. down the middle. Average. It is. I mean, look. If you just told me on paper. Uh, the, you, I'm gonna give you an X Force title, X Force title, mm-hmm. and the roster is gonna be in Cable, and you're not telling me Young Cable. Don't you're just tell saying, me Young Cable. Just yeah, saying Cable, Cable, Domino, Shatterstar, mm-hmm. Warpath, Cannonball, and Deathlock. I'd go, yeah, sign me yeah. up, mm-hmm. sign me up. That's a good roster. Yeah, that is a good roster of characters. I like them all. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested in that. Yeah, I love all those characters. There, there's well, Shatterstar, but he's okay. But yeah. the rest of them, I really like Cannonball and Warpath and Domino and Cable. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of. And Deathlock, he's fine. And Shadowstar is okay. Yeah. That's a good roster. I'd be all aboard it. Mm-hmm. And then it's Young Cable. 
and my yeah. interest drops by like fifty percent. Because let's just the fact is, and Marvel can I, I don't know what kind of ageist thing they got going on over there, but the fact is, regular cable is a far more compelling character than young cable. Yeah, it just is. And part of what makes cable cool is that he's old. And mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of old characters in the Marvel universe. Yeah, it makes him different. Yeah, it adds some diversity. And there's the, he's older than his parents. Yeah, it know. adds a little diversity, a little point of view difference. Mm-hmm. It's needed. It really makes his character stand out. Yeah, part of what makes Josh Brolin so cool in in Deadpool as Cable is because he's older, mm-hmm. but he's a badass and yep. he's grizzled and it's cool and it's different. So by making him young, Cable's like wow, boring. Yeah. Now you're like every other character who's like you know twenty five to thirty. Yeah, got we're, it. We're CW. Yay. We're CW. And does he have cable. washboard abs too? <laughs> and so, and then the rest, and then the character work. You, you're totally right, Stephen. Ed Brisson does a terrible job with the character work. Every character as as bland and yeah. as generic as possible. All the dialogue, Stephen, is identical. The external voices for every character, I don't. You mm-hmm. could close your eyes, you wouldn't know who was talking. <laughs> you wouldn't. All the external voices sound identical to each other. Yeah. The dialogue is just so uninspired. <clears throat> it is just so, it's just, it's there. It's not yeah. bad, it's just there in a very generic fashion. The only one you can tell the difference is, well, there's two, you can tell, Deathlock talks like a computer. Okay, there you go. he somehow sounds more emotional than everybody else. Right, Yes. And uh, Cannibal has the yeehaw. Oh get, God! Mer- yes. Hey, I'll do this. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. But other than that, you are correct. They sound exactly. Yeah, the same. and their personalities are just blah. Mm-hmm. Just blah. Yeah, there's, there's you know. Nothing. Um. And and this this the Russian bad guy is so lame and uncreative and mm-hmm. unoriginal. Yeah. This is like as hackneyed of a stereotype as you can get. Evil Russian character from, yeah. you know, unknown Eastern European country doing evil things. He's really evil. Ooh, it's just, I mean, it's just, uh, it is so, un, it's so painfully uncreative, Stephen. Yeah. I mean, painfully uncreative. Mm-hmm. And he just comes across as lame and boring. Yeah. And I get the social commentary. We're supposed to hate Russians and hate Eastern Europeans, and they're mean to everybody, and we have to hate them. Yeah. Okay. I got it. It's the 1980s all over again. Yeah. I got it. I got to hate them. We're living them. in a cliche with a cliched Russian dictator right now. We don't need one in the comic book. <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm just like... I'm like, okay, well, that villain, the villain is just so cartoony, Steven, and one-dimensional. It's not compelling. No, it's At not. all. He's such a lame villain. Yeah. So the only thing... And that, he just, it, he's so lame that he makes Ahab look compelling yes! by comparison. I know! Which, holy cow, how'd you do that? <laughs> and then, and so the only good thing I can say about the issue is uh, you get a lot of action. Sure. So if you like action, it's I not, guess. it's not, uh, it's not slow. <laughs> It, yeah, okay. You get you get fighting. Okay. That's about all I can say positive. Yeah, but that's it, all I can get. But that's the, all I can say. That's the, it. The, the, but okay, I'll let you have your positive thing. That's, that's, <laughs> all, that's the only thing I can. I'm trying to find something positive. I'm not going to undercut you. That's no. the only thing I can find that. You, yeah. If you like fighting, maybe you'll like it. Um, I didn't like the art mm-hmm. either. No. So it just looks really crummy. Yeah. It's just crummy. So that's, I, that's I, I what I was gonna say. <laughs> so how, fighting's not even that good. How would you grade out at X Force uh, number two? Um, God, the writing is on the lower end of of bland of average. Yep. So 
I guess like is that one a four or two? Yep. And the art, God, I'll give the art a a, a five. Okay. Uh, yeah. Alright. This, uh, ty- this type of title can be done. My One of my guilty pleasures recently was I liked the, uh, like when they had the Punisher and Elektra and yes. Red Hulk on the Thunderbolts. Yes. That title was terrible, but you know what? It yes. was fun. Yes, I agree. No, so no, no I like I that one. <laughs> I agree. I'm with you. Uh, I, I will go the writing mm-hmm. three Night Girls out of ten mm-hmm. and the art two Night Girls out of ten. Yeah, no. Did not like this issue. I was I was being generous. I guess. <laughs> Somehow I was being more generous than you were. <laughs> I know, right? Um, all right, last up from Marvel, Amazing Spider-Man number fourteen. Mm-hmm. Words: Nick Spencer, art, doing the pencils and the colors is Chris Bacalo. Mm-hmm. Doing the inks, it's like ink by committee. You got Alvey, Wayne Foucher, John Livesay, and Tim Townsend. I like Alvey and Wayne Foucher. They're both yeah. good inkers, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Chris Bacalo's pencils so there's only yes. so much inking you can do to clean up that mess <laughs> um, i mean i'll give them i'll give them credit they try they try um they try. we we begin with um arcade it is little uh, home base lamenting how nobody wants his over the top 1960s silver age villainous style <laughs> death traps anymore and yeah. monologue about their plans and then out of nowhere uh craven appears and he goes um I need you to build something for me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, lovely. Mm-hmm. And, and at this moment, um, unfortunately, we have an example of the artist not paying attention to the story. Yeah. And uh, the writer, Spencer, says, has Arcade say uh, to Craven, sorry, your chest hair precedes you. Yeah. And you look at Craven, and he's drawn with no chest yeah, hair. Yeah. I mean, the barest minimum of chest hair. I mean, every male has some chest hair. Yeah. He has the barest minimum. So I'm kind of like, did the or did Chris Bacalo even read the the script when he was drawing this? I don't know. Anyhow, there you go. We then cut to uh, uh, MJ and Peter having dinner with uh, the the Connors, mm-hmm. uh, Kurt Connor, Doctor Connor, the Lizard, yeah. and his family. Uh, little lizard boy and the lizard and, 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 and Miss Lizard, <laughs> Miss, <laughs> Miss lizard. <laughs> and and we get the backstory and how he had to inject them with the lizard virus to save their lives. Yeah, and unlike him, they can't transform from human to lizard. Mm-hmm. They're stuck in this quasi. They're not quite as lizardy as he is. Yeah, so they're more half human, half lizard. While he is full lizard. Anyhow, yeah, there's some there's some tension because the son doesn't like having to be half lizard live in the sewer. Mm-hmm. He wants a normal life. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and as, as uh, Kurt is walking MJ and, and Peter out of their sewer lair, he transforms back into human form and tells mm-hmm. him I try not to be human around the door. I want him to feel, you know, right. not so bad. And anyhow, and uh, Kurt really wants uh, uh, Peter to come back to the university. Mm-hmm. We do learn that. Yeah. And then we cut to Aunt May on a date with, well, not on a date, sorry, at dinner with the attorney for um, the guy that she used to, uh, Jay. Yeah, Jay Jameson. Jay Jameson, who she was romantically involved with. Mm-hmm. And the attorney um, tells her basically uh, that there's no more money. Yeah. And uh, then he uh, says, we'll work through this and kind of, uh, you see little hearts appear around him, like manga <laughs> style. Yeah. That's a touch of manga right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's kind of making the moves on her and he puts her, his hand on her and she's all like, what, what, what? You know, Jay was your best friend. How dare you hit on me? Blah, 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 blah. And she yeah. walks out of the restaurant. And then she sees two guys beating up a hobo. Mm-hmm. 
And she uses her little hologram pen that Peter made for her mm-hmm. to create this scary monster <laughs> to scare away the, the muggers. Yeah. And she's like, oh, how nice. And uh, <laughs> good job scaring off would-be ruffians. <laughs> and uh, then she invites the hobo to come on into the restaurant and have uh, dinner with her because mm-hmm. he wouldn't accept her money. Right. And so, um, of course, you know, they make a point of the, the maitre d' to this restaurant saying, is this yeah. man bothering you? And she's like, hey, he's, I, this gentleman is a guest of mine. And yeah. I want a table. And the attorney, Mr. Alstetler, is going to pay, Jay's attorney, yeah. is going to pay for it all. It's like on his dime. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we find out that this hobo was once, uh, what, he worked on, like, he was a writer, a journalist, and then he just kind of became a hobo. Yeah, fell on hard times. Yeah, fell on hard times. Yeah, and then <laughs> out of nowhere, because the scene starts to get really boring. Yeah, thankfully Rhino busts through the door, yeah. busts through the wall, and then he's followed by Black Ant and Taskmaster. Yes, and um, we then cut to Peter and MJ walking home. And interestingly enough, Stephen is interesting enough because you know Marvel is is really, or at least Joey Q mm-hmm. really and Marvel. To an extent, but Joey Q for sure, and Joey Q we all know is more involved in Marvel now than he ever was, but than he was for a while. He stepped away yeah. totally, but now mm-hmm. he's now he's back. He's back. Um, Joey Q hated the marriage, yeah, and he hated. And let's be honest, Peter Parker was pretty much middle aged. Yeah, I mean, they never said it, but he mm-hmm. was pretty much middle aged, right? Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't you fair to say he was mid thirties? Yeah, married I would say in mid thirties, so. mm-hmm. about right. Yeah, and uh, well, it's it, if you didn't. Realize it, Stephen. They make a point of telling you he, mm-hmm. that Peter's only like, uh, what do they say? He is only uh, mid twenties. Yeah. Okay. So MJ makes a point of saying because she wants him to go back to school. Doc, Doc, Doc Connor says. Yeah. And uh, she's like, you wouldn't even be the old. You wouldn't be anywhere near the oldest person because old people are so gross. They're so vile. You you're only mid twenties, so he's probably like 23, 24, 25 yeah, I'm in that 25. range, right? Yeah. So they make a point of letting you know. Uh, and he's drew, he's drawn very youthful, but I a little mean, too youthful in some parts. Yeah, Bacalo draws him almost like a teenager. Like a yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and I mean, wow. So, anyhow, interesting side note. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to the brawl. Uh, Tas- Tasky and and Black Amp. They uh, they want to find out where Rhino is. Aunt May's like, I'm not telling you anything. They're about to threaten Aunt May, and in comes. Spider-Man webs everybody up, boop, 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 boop. And then comes back Rhino. I'm not going to run from you guys. And then Peter's like, Spider-Man's like, I thought you were a good guy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I am. And he's like, (laughs) okay, well, is it time for a team up? Yeah. And they boop, bump Bump this. this. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. And so we get a big old battle. Black Ant takes on Rhino. And uh, Tasky takes on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And the villains get the upper hand, and Black Ant pulls out a huge 1980s-style big gun, mm-hmm. fires at Rhino. Rhino ducks, and it goes right to where Aunt May is in the restaurant and explodes the restaurant. Yep. Boom. End of issue. Aunt May is dead. She is nothing more than a burnt, smoldering, blackened skeleton <laughs> like um, Aunt Beru in uh, New Hope, <laughs> just smoking and crispy. Mm-hmm. It's a sad day. <laughs> I'll miss her, Stephen. I'll miss her. Um, Amazing sure. Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what is going to happen. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man 14, what do you think? Um, 
kind of a kind of a slow issue. It for, is because Nick Spencer's done a pretty good job um, with the title so far. I agree. And yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna it. say he does a he does a bad job here. It's just you can kind of feel the, the transition. It's like, yes. All right, let's move to the next one. Yeah. But I don't know how I'm gonna mm-hmm. get there. So it's a know. slow pivot. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Pivot. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, so I mean, there's, there's. I like the a lot of the character stuff. I still like. Um, I'm still immensely grateful that um, they ignored Joey Q and put Peter and MJ back together because they still work. I think as a good couple. Amen, brother. Um, I like the stuff with. Uh, I think the stuff with the Connors is interesting. It may not be relevant to this story, yeah. but yeah. you know, it's something in the it's, background. It's good keep. fleshing out of his universe, Pete's universe, though. Yeah, it's and a, his setting, and it's good to keep in mind for later, probably. Uh, oh, this comes up. putting on the back burner. We're gonna yeah. get back to this. This is this is a you know a, a C plot line that we're yeah. gonna get back to at a later <laughs> point, which I like. That's good yeah. plotting. And um, I, I did, uh, I did like the scene with Aunt May, um, because I think you know. I think it was important if they're going to go down this way to show why, you know, she was a good influence on Peter. Oh, and whatnot. yeah, yeah. And I like her scaring off the, the people with the, the thing. Cause the I was hologram like, pen. Oh, is, that, is that really her? I was like, right. oh, it's a hologram. I was like, oh, Did only may just transform into a monster. Yeah. Is she, <laughs> is she a symbiote or something? Mm. But um, so I liked all that. Um, and the fight at the end I thought was uh, was pretty cool. Yes, um, it's it's not always nice to see the Taskmaster and 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 uh, Black Ant. They're so funny. They're they're, they're so funny. Yeah, <laughs> God, they're so funny. And because uh, at first the Black Ant is just like just like bouncing off the rhino. Yes. Like, what, what are you What are you doing to me? You can do nothing. And then he pulls out the gun and all that. Um, yeah, like I was like Rhino's like you. What do you hope to do? Annoy me to death, little man? And Black Ant's like a side joke. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was great. It's, I mean, everything here. I mean, I said it was kind of midland, but I mean, everything here is, you know, fairly, you know, decent to good. Yes, it's just that the art, yeah, is so bad. I'm telling you, yeah. Chris Bacalo, he is an artist, Stephen. Yeah. Where you either love his art Ugh. or you hate it. There is there, look, Stephen. How many times have we reviewed comics? We've come in with the art ranked around seven, six, five, yeah. in that range. A lot of the time, sure. Okay. Yeah. There are so many comic book artists out there where mm-hmm. they're going to. You know, there might be people that love it. There might be people that hate it. But there's sure. but there are plenty of people that are right in the middle with it. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists where you, where you can find plenty of people that are like they're fine. Yeah. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Chris Bacco is not one of those artists. I no. have, over the years, based on reviews and online comments, whatever, he is the kind of artist where you either you Love either it. adore, I mean, mm-hmm. adore his art, yeah. or you hate it. <laughs> and there is, there is no middle ground, Stephen. No. There is no middle ground with his art. Mm-mm. And you and I are on Team Hate It. Oh, yeah. I can't stand Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I can't stand it. I got to say, the inkers... Do a phenomenal job. Yeah, they do their very of, best. Of, of at, with Bacala when he inks his own work, Stephen. I can't even. I don't even know what's going on <laughs> in the panel. I can't even decipher what's going on in the panel, Stephen. I'm like, well, this just looks lines. This is just like lines. I don't know. I don't know. Something's happening, but I can't tell you what's happening. Yeah. 
I don't know if you're if it's bad for you. At least it is. It's bad bad for me. There are times, it's, not always, but yeah. there are panels where I'm like, I don't even know what's going on on that panel. It's indecipherable to me. It's been a long time since I've subjected myself to that. So. Right, yeah. but at least the inkers do this good of a job as possible, so you can at least understand each panel. Yeah, it's just Bacalos. I'm with you. His style of art is no it's, bueno, no, no. gusta. And um, it, it's like, you know, I said in the last about X-Force, about how it looks like it's from a comic strip. Yes. Well, it, this, yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I look at like, I look at Peter's face and it looks like he's got like those, like his eyes are kind of squeezed together and his face is all it's weird like, looking. It's like Mr. Magoo. Yeah, like that. Or, <laughs> and some people look like they're out of like, like, um. Um, for better Bloom for County or Bloom Blue County, yes, or something. Yes, Bloom <laughs> County. That's it. Oh my God. Or those non sequitur comics. Those yes. with the people in there. It's like God. This yes. is, and it's a, it's a subpar version of those. Like God. I mean, look at Peter there. Me. That's you're right. That's right out of Bloom County or non sequitur, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like I get it. Like, and he looks fourteen. He does. Like I get. Like I get that people try to make him look more like Tom Holland because he's like Spider-Man look at him the there. Movies. But <laughs> he's tiny, skinny little fourteen-year-old. Yeah, he looks like my twelve-year-old son, Stephen. He's like built like him for crying out yeah, loud. Yeah, and I mean, but I get you uh, want him to be young, but whoa. Yeah, it's a little too whoa. young. So you say he's mid twenties, but he looks like he hasn't his balls haven't dropped yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not. It's just it's not it's not good. I mean, I I applaud the inkers for trying. It seems like it because it seems like if like if it had been like a like Steve Epting drawing it, it would have been like the perfect mix of the inks and the colors. It's all gray. Yes. And yes. Kind of kind of dark. It's very muted. Yeah. The colors are very muted. But it's it's not him. It's uh it's Chris Bacalov. And mm-hmm. no, thank you. Yeah. I will pass. <laughs> I agree. So I agree with you on that, and especially the thing with Craven the Hunter that you brought up. It's just like, seriously, come on, dude, really? Let's draw, draw a little more, a few more squiggles, right? Exactly. Yeah, at least <laughs> take a second. Yeah, I'm with you totally on the art. You and I are locked up the same on the art. Yeah, absolutely. Story, Stephen, I, I got to agree with you again on the story. It's a he's he's pivoting. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a good title. I think Spencer's. Um, we got bad Nick Spencer on Captain America. We've gotten good Nick Spencer on Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Peter Parker is hands down, bar none, not even close. My all-time favorite Marvel character mm-hmm. always has been, always will be. Yeah. I love the character. I, I like how Spencer's handling him. Mm-hmm. I get that Marvel really wants to de-age Peter. Yeah. And you know what? Um, I'm okay with that, honestly. As long as he's with MJ, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I'm fine. I don't need to have MJ and Peter married. Sure. But I need to have Peter with MJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, it's just, just that's that's Clark Kent and Lois Lane of yeah. the Marvel Universe. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I like, I like, I like the pairing. I like how Nick Spencer writes Peter. Mm-hmm. He has a good feel for Peter's character. Has a good feel for his voice. The dialogue is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it just he really taps into Peter's um, kind of what what do I do? Uh, unsure, a l- little bit neurotic yeah. personality. You know, does he just has a really good sense of that? Mm-hmm. And so, and I like how he's managing all the aspects of Peter's life from his you know. The stuff and and how and with Peter, unlike a lot of superheroes, the Venn diagram of Peter's civilian life and 
Peter's life as Spider-Man, that Venn diagram is overlaps a ton. Yeah, it's almost just one circle. <laughs> it is. So I like the fact that you have Peter and MJ having dinner with one of Peter's longtime nemesis, nemesis yeah. <laughs> now ally. Like, yeah, this the, the overlap between Peter Parker's life and Spider-Man, and Spider-Man it's yeah. so strong. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I like that. And they further that with Aunt May mm-hmm. and the villains appearing on the scene. It's I just Spencer's doing a really good job with the world of Peter Parker, his mm-hmm. setting, yeah. his universe, and all the supporting cast. And I, again, I might be biased, but I think Peter Parker has the deepest, strongest supporting cast of any Marvel character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think Spencer's really taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And I like how he's transitioning from one story arc to the next. And I like yeah. that he's letting this the the lizard storyline kind of fester fester a little bit over here. Mm-hmm. And he's introducing the little question about what is Peter going to do? Is he going to go back to school? What's mm-hmm. he gonna, you know over here? Yeah. And 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 the whole thing with Aunt May. If this is the direction they're going to go with Aunt May, which I mean, I think killing Aunt May is asinine and stupid. Yeah. But <laughs> we we tried that before. Right. It, it's just dumb. But yeah. I, but I but I like how they're handling Aunt May's character. Mm-hmm. Spencer's doing a lot of, and of course, I, I like Rhino. I, I love Rhino. I love mm-hmm. Taskmaster. I love Black Ant, and he does a great job with their personalities as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. I think all, unlike X Force, okay, right. unlike X Force, unlike Age of X Man, yeah, the external voices are wonderful. Everybody has unique external voice. All the dialogue for the different characters is very different. Yeah. So this is the total opposite of the first two Marvel comics that we've read. Yep. The dialogue is really well done. Mm-hmm. You have good, unique external voices, and the result is you get good chemistry between all the characters, and it's more engrossing, and it pulls mm-hmm. the reader in, and all the characters are more compelling. Mm-hmm. You know? That's right. So, hey, good character or good dialogue. That's what happens. And you get just enough action to keep... It's slow, <laughs> and you're right, it's slow. Yeah. It is slow. Luckily, he gives us just enough action. If you didn't have this last <laughs> fi- action scene, this would, would be too slow of an issue. Sure. Yeah. Right? Too mm-hmm. slow of an issue. And yes, we end the issue with false suspense, and Aunt May isn't a burnt crisp. Yeah. But, you know, it's a classic superhero trope to do it. And you know what? You're kicking off a new story arc. You're transitioning and kicking off a brand new story arc. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with uh, throwing a, a hook in like this. Sure. Yeah. I wouldn't do it every issue. No. Because, it, it, it again, false suspense, you have to use it by a little bit. Yeah. But I don't mind it. You're trying to transition off to a new story arc. How else are you going to end? I'm fine with it. Yeah. For, sure. this, given, for this situation. Yeah. Um, how would you grade out the Amazing Spider-Man 14? Um, I would give the writing a... I'll give it a seven. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. it was solid. Yep. Not great, but it was solid, and um, I'm interested to see where it goes next. Um, I'm glad that they finally brought Taskmaster and Black Ant into the main story. Agreed. But, um, yeah, so that's good. And the art, <laughs> please bring Ryan Otley back. Oh, That God, dude was yeah. born to draw Spider-Man. He, he needs to be back. I agree. Otley's just fantastic. Yes. He's so good on Spider-Man. I'm yes. with you. I'm with oh, you. My heart. Um, um, but, yeah, that, that art is a uh, – um, I'm going to be generous – and uh, okay, I'm gonna give Chris Bockle's pencils a two. Ha ha ha! I'll give the anchors like a ten for their effort. Yes, I <laughs> they agree. did their I, very very best. I I'm you know what, Stephen? I like how you graded it. I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna do the same thing. Uh, the story I'll go smidge higher than you. I'll go 
eight night okay. goes out of ten. Just a smidge higher. Okay. And the art, I'm right in line with you. Ten for Chris Bacalo's pencil. I mean, two for Chris Bacalo's <laughs> oh, pencils. Lord. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to be on crack to do that. Uh, a two for Bacalo's pencils. A ten for all the uh, inkers work on this on this issue. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. Chris Bacalo's ten. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Wrong data's quit sniffing glue. Uh <laughs> Everyone's like, what is that reference to? It's I know. The, go go the, watch the, an airplane. There you go. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's go over to DC, my friend. Sure. Let's kick this off with Heroes in Crisis number cinco. Oh. Yes. This issue is brought to us, the words, mm-hmm. by Tom King. Of course. And the art by, oh, is, what is his name? Um, it's um, Tamu Mori. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, we begin with oh boy, one page of nine small panels of Booster Gold talking to Sanctuary camera. Mm-hmm. Literally saying nothing, Stephen. Am I wrong? Uh, unless you didn't read the Booster Gold Batman story, it's nothing new. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, then we get a two, Stephen. I yeah. want Tom King to go back to comic book school and learn how to properly employ the double page splash shot. We get a double play spot shot of, are you ready for this, Steven? Mm-hmm. A Booster Gold and Ted Cord mm-hmm. on a sofa, drinking beer, eating pizza, and watching TV. No dialogue, no narration boxes. That's it. Yep. Right. Steven. That's right. Is this what you think is a proper use of a double page spot shot? Um, uh, there's a lot of things about this title <laughs> that I don't think are proper uses of anything. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get the team. Uh, Booster goes, I got an idea. Yeah. Bluebeard's like, well, what's that? He goes, we're going to go to uh, Barry Allen's lab, break in, and we're going to get all the information and find out who the, the killer is. And Blue Beetle's like, dude, you literally just did that. <laughs> and they not, Barry Allen knocked you out. <laughs> and they put you in a jail. And then I came and rescued you. <laughs> that is literally the dumbest idea you could have ever come up with. Yeah. He goes, I know. That's the genius. <laughs> They'll never expect it. Why would they expect the dumbest idea ever? And Blue Beetle goes, sister, and goes, huh, and clinks his beer. <laughs> he just goes, dude. And Booster goes, I know. Okay, Stephen, this page here, yeah, the only page I enjoyed the whole issue. <laughs> this page was great. This yeah. page was great. Yeah. Um, and then we get Stephen... Nine pages of small, uh, nine nine panels on one page of Commander Steel telling you how he's come back to life twice right. and that he thinks he's probably going to die again. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing he said that because he did die. Hey! <laughs> um, he didn't lie. Again, the, dots. <laughs> the, the only thing positive I could find about this, Stephen, is mm-hmm. this is proof. Okay, so this, he his first death, he's referring to back in the Detroit Justice League. Right. So... We, and, and then he's talking about when he came back to life and Blackest Night and then killed again by Dr. Light, mm-hmm. right? So, Stephen, it's official. Right. Once again, we are mixing in more pre-New 52 continuity. That's right. Pre-New 52 continuity. So the only reason why I like it, the only thing good about this scene, Stephen, is that mm-hmm. it's DC 
mixing in more of that pre-New 52 continuity. It's more. It's just another step of getting rid of the New 52. Right. It's another step of getting rid of the New 52 <laughs> and bringing in that pre-Flashpoint continuity. And that's a good thing. Yep. The scene is a total bore and a total waste otherwise. Yep. But it's oh, yeah. great. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a total waste. But, but, it's, <laughs> but, it's, it, but I, I'm happy that we're seeing DC just slowly mix in the pre-Flashpoint continuity. That's right. That's a plus. We then cut to the Batcave, Stephen. We get a two-page scene. Uh, Batman telling Batgirl, I can't get a... Uh, Skeet doesn't know where Booster Gold is. And Batgirl going, well, let me take a crack at it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep, that's right. And then we get a one-page scene of uh, Superman writing his... Now, this is what I don't understand. In the Batcave, we end it with Batman going, um, Superman and Wonder Woman are making a statement to the media mm-hmm. about Sanctuary. And she's like, well, shouldn't you also be doing that? And he's like, I'm Batman. I don't do press. Yeah. That was a good line. Oh, yeah. Uh, we then cut to Superman writing his speech and Lois Lane saying, come on to bed. And she's like, no, 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 I can't. I got I to write my speech. A whole page, Stephen, <laughs> of nothing. We then get a whole page of nine small panels of Solstice trying to use her controller powers and then failing at it. That is it. Like, literally, Stephen. Is there yeah. anything else to the scene? Dude, yeah. I mean, I'm misrepresenting the facts. I... I spent the nine pages going, wow, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned something today. <laughs> and then we get two pages, Stephen. Uh, Batgirl at a playground with Skeet saying, um, uh, I, I, I think I might be able to see where the Bat computer couldn't. And Skeet's like, that's not possible. And then you see Harley Quinn appear with a big mallet. Yeah, full page. And Skeet's like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's two two pages. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, yeah. Stephen, at this point of the issue, mm-hmm. uh, let's do some quick math, right? One, okay. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven pages into the issue. Mm-hmm. Have we gotten any plot progression at all? Um... have been told that plot progression will happen at a press conference. Something <laughs> will happen. <laughs> so. We spent 11 pages doing nothing. Yeah. I mean, again, mm-hmm. am I misrepresenting? It's no. 11 pages doing nothing. No. Okay. The next scene, oh my God, Stephen. <laughs> it's actual plot progression. Holy shit. On page 12, we get plot progression because Booster Gold breaks into Barry's lab mm-hmm. and takes Barry out. And he's like, whoa, Ted, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so we get two pages of plot progression, and what do we do? Pump those brakes, Steven. Yeah, pump the brakes. Too much. We get a page of nine small panels of the protector telling you that he used to give uh, PSAs about not doing drugs while he was on drugs. Yeah, that's it. Do you want to take a guess at how that's many it. people who give PSAs on drugs are probably on drugs? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, it's how you get through that right. soul crushing. Yes. Job. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, again, it's a character you don't know. No. You don't care about. No. King's giving you no reason to care about the character. No. They were fridged. They're just anonymous characters that got fridged before the series yeah. even began. It's, so, is he dead? I haven't even seen yeah. him mentioned in any way yeah. until now. He's one of the ones that were that was killed off panel before oh. the series began. Well, good, because he was a druggie. <laughs> <laughs> nice! So, so, oh, boy. So, yeah. Uh, He's giving us reasons to be glad that they're dead. <laughs> oh, damn, that is cold. Um, so, yeah. I'm ki- sorry, Protector. but Yeah, sorry, Protector. Yeah. But again, it's like, 
okay. Mm-hmm. And then we get one oh lord page of Superman starting his press conference, which is which is again, it's just what is he doing, Steve? He's restating what we've read in the first four yeah, issues. Yeah, he's monologuing. He's just monologuing the f- events of the first four issues, isn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And then Stephen, holy oh, no. cow! No, holy cow! Hold on, hold on. I gotta cl- clutch my pearls. So now <laughs> we got we first got plot progression on page twelve with Booster breaking into Barry's lab. Got two pages mm-hmm. of plot progression. Yes, and then we went to two pages of no plot progression. Mm-hmm. We're finally getting a third page of plot progression. Yes, Booster knows more about time traveling than just about anybody. Sure, that's the whole genesis of his character is time traveling, mm-hmm. right? And he knows all about the time travel police because he's a criminal that ran from the future. Yeah. Stole a time sphere. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he knows all about this. And he's analyzing Barry's um, readouts on Wally West's corpse. Mm-hmm. And Booster goes, listen, man, time travel police, they measure, they measure uh, to see if you're cheating with time travel. And what they do is they take a reading of your RNA's half-life, and he points to Wally's, right? Right. On the, information mm-hmm. and they compare it to your birthday yeah Ooh. but then we cut away yeah we're about to get something interesting. we cut away mm-hmm. to superman monologuing for one and two yeah three four five, five six. six pages yeah steven six pages of him monologuing and literally steven saying Nothing. Nothing of substance. Mm-hmm. I think King was trying to finally add some gravitas and uh, 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 really tried to investigate the drama. importance of, of mental health. Yes. And PT, the PTSD that soldiers mm-hmm. experience when coming back from war yeah. and how they don't get the proper care. Mm-hmm. And the stigma of mental health being that you're weak or have something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. These are all good topics, Stephen. Yeah. These are all... Look, the, the kicker is King is saying things that I agree with. Yeah. Yes, mental health is good. It's like physical therapy for your brain. Mm-hmm. It's good. There That's should right. be no stigma attached to it. No. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you 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 are, are, are have a problem. It yeah. Just, it is, it's like someone who has a problem with their legs. They go to physical therapy. Yeah. Mental right. health is good. There mm-hmm. should be no stigma attached to it. So I'm agreeing with his message. The way we treat our soldiers when they come back with PTSD and they don't get the proper care is abhorrent. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for that. Yep. The fact that these poor soldiers come back with all these mental problems, PTSD is rampant. Yeah. They come back from combat and they don't get the proper care. No. They don't. They don't. That is horrible. So I am on board with what the supposed message is of the story. Mm-hmm. The problem is, King, up until now, has just given us the trappings mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Of those, has never really examined it, yeah. has never really gotten into it and played with it in any depth or complexity. And this speech is more of the same. It's empty platitudes. Mm-hmm. It is empty dialogue. It is Using the right buzzwords, mm-hmm. but giving no depth yep. or context to the issue at heart. Mm-hmm. It is just Superman blathering, empty platitudes. That's it. Yep. If this was what they opened Sanctuary with, maybe, you know. Right. 
you're selling the basic mission statement. Cool. Whatever. If you if you did this in the first issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the people are just finding out about it, a bunch of people are already dead. Sounds kind of, like you said, empty. Yeah. Like, okay, well, obviously somebody there, obviously you failed. Yes. In your job. And somebody went crazy mm-hmm. and killed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So what does that say about, first of all, that's a, a detrimental thing to mental health. Cause it's like, oh, well, some people just can't be fixed apparently. Right. right. And it just, it, I don't, I don't, I don't get what he was getting at with that. I mean, I, I, I think I know what he was trying to do, but it was just in the wrong, the wrong place. It's because it doesn't make much sense. Why are you saying stuff like this now? Most people would probably agree with you that yeah, superheroes more than anybody in this, almost anybody in this universe, mm-hmm. experience a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. But he's not. I'm like, what are you trying to defend here? I'm trying. I'm trying to catch the plot again of yes. what what exactly is this? Yep. Because if I recall, somebody was leaking information. Mm-hmm. But now you're just saying, oh, yeah, we had this facility, and I'm going to tell you why it was important that we had it. Yeah. It's like, you could have done that in two sentences. Right. Superheroes have problems. We're trying to help them. Right. Add another one so they can help you better. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't – he didn't say anything about anybody who died Mm-mm. or about the investigation. No. Just, just rambling. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And, the- and for a reporter – Oh yeah, right. Exactly. Excusable. And the, we end the six pages of monologuing with a rose. I believe that would be Harley from Quinn's Harley rose. Quinn's rose. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. when she was remembering poison ivy. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Washing up on shore. It looks like we're in the New York Harbor. Yeah, that's a near or Gotham Harbor, maybe. I don't Whatever. Know. I think it's probably Gotham. But. Gotham Harbor, and you see a figure uh, grabbing the rose. And they're wearing a red glove, mm-hmm. like a superhero glove. Yeah. And we don't know who that is. Oh, maybe it's foreshadowing for what the reveal is going to be. Bum, bum, bum. bum, bum. And then we cut to <laughs> Barry Allen's lab. And again, we get the fourth page of actual plot progression. Steve, yes. Where Booster Gold drops the bomb. The Steven. bomb. The bomb. This is really, uh, all you need is the one page of Booster unveiling his idiotic plan to yes. Ted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Followed up with the two pages of them breaking into the mm-hmm. Barry Allen's lab. Yeah. Followed by this page. Yes. No, no. Followed by the page where he explains the time co- how sure. the time travelers, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, run their tests. Mm-hmm. And then this page. Because five. Really, you only get you only get five <laughs> pages of actual new content. Yep. And plot progression, Steve. Mm-hmm. Out of a twenty-four page issue. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that you get five pages of actual content and plot progression. Yes. That's inexcusable. No. I mean, wait. Okay. Yes, it is inexcusable. Steve is like, it's not inexcusable. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's you paying $4 for the issue. Yeah. Steven. Mm-hmm. I mean, $4 for five pages of actual new content and plot progression. Yeah. I mean, that, that, is, that is giving the middle finger to your yeah, customers. To the consumers, yeah. I mean, there's no other way to look at it, is there? Mm-hmm. No. I don't think uh, so. That is so customer hostile. And Steven, mm-hmm. this isn't even writing for trade. Heroes in Crisis is so lacking in actual story. Like, literally, it's a story with no plot. Mm -hmm. It is so lacking in actual content and plot progression. Mm -hmm. 
King isn't even pulling a Jeff Johns and writing for trade. Jeff Johns mm-hmm. likes to write for trade oh, a yeah. lot. And you know I adore Jeff Johns. Yeah. But he writes for trade. He yeah. doesn't write for the single issue floppy format. He no. writes for trade. Yeah, he definitely does. Okay. Mm-hmm. King isn't even writing for trade, though, Stephen. Because <laughs> if you read this story in trade format, it would you'd still go, this was about nothing. Yeah. There's nothing here mm-hmm. at all. We take one thing and repeat it over and over again, and there's nothing here. Yeah. But seriously, it's it's highly repetitious, and there's no content. Yes. So it's not even good. I can't even recommend people to buy it in trade format. No. At all. No. So, but the cool thing is, in the second to last page, the cool bomb that, that King drops on us is that Wally's body, five days old. Five days old. Mm-hmm. And then at this point, Harley Quinn and... And uh, a Batgirl enter the the, the, the lab, mm-hmm. and uh, you know earlier you know when they're going to find Booster, Batgirl's like, you know, I was like, I'm gonna murder him. She's like, you can't kill anyone. And so they enter, and she's like, Hey, Boosty, I'm here to massacre you. And she's like, Batgirl's like, No, Harley, massacre still killing. And she's like, Oh, come on, is anything not kill? Mm-hmm. Has Harley Quinn's character always been this bad? <laughs> Has it always been this bad? Because uh, she has been practically unreadable in this yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Like, cartoonishly stupid mm-hmm. and highly repetitive. Yeah. And she, annoying. Yeah, it's a caricature. Really annoying. Yeah. She's not always written like this, is she? I don't think so. Oh, my God. It's I hope not. Terrible. Yeah. It's um, awful. I mean, because a lot of people, lo- people that have written her recently, especially, like, you know, as like a member of the Suicide Squad, that she's crazy, but she's not dumb. That she's still capable of some kind of, in her own way, like a, a like a thought process. Like, okay, well, I'm gonna accomplish she's, my task. Right. It's not gonna be the way you want it. Right. But I'm gonna do it anyway. And she's like a toddler. Yeah, she's written like a toddler here. I don't. It's I don't terrible. That. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, and then we end the issue with uh, nine. We well, one page with nine small panels of Harley Quinn telling you the Joker beater, which I think we all know. Literally, that. everybody, everyone knows on that. the planet knows yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So yay for burning another page for nothing. Yeah, awesome. Congratulations. Here's in Crisis Number Five, Stephen. Lean on me. I know we kind of addressed yeah, things here and there on the way, but yeah. Um, in summation, <laughs> this issue and the last issue, especially, really solidified what the 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 big problem is. The last issue, to me, I mean, you may disagree with me. It was still boring. Yes. But it was boring in a different way because it was like, <laughs> okay, oh, oh, Ronnie's your four. Okay, so uh, 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 Lois is publishing the issue. Oh, and, 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 oh, and Booster Girl broke out of prison. And, 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 oh, and Oliver Queen, he wants to, to murder somebody. And, yes. and, and, it's like, whoa, 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 chill out for just five seconds. You're, right. you're bombarding me with all this stuff and not giving any context to it. Yes. It's just, it's, it's a lot of... Of it's a lot of nothing, yes, almost, and now we just have little nothing again. <laughs> we're back to little nothing. We're little back to, to very little of nothing. Yes, yes. Um, this reminds me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comparison. You might want to kill me, but I just oh want. Boy. But I'm gonna make a specific specific comparison for one reason. Yes. Um, you remember back in 2008 when Final Crisis was going? Yes. Now Final Crisis was good. Yes. Not like this. Correct. But I think the problem, one of the big problems is similar to what happened with Final Crisis, where we got, you know, we had five great issues of Final Crisis. Like, wow, mm-hmm. this is really good, very interesting. Yep. And then issue six comes out with Batman killing Darkseid. Yes. It's like, wait, what? 
Yes. Well, when did all this happen? Right. Uh-huh. And, of course, he realized that Grant Morrison wanted 12 issues. Yeah. Didio gave him seven. Yeah. And Grant Morrison decided, oh, I'm not going to make up the difference. I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. Because I'm Grant Morrison. And right. They're not going to tell me what to do. Yes. And so when you get to six, and especially issue seven, you're hopelessly lost. Yes. A lot is going on. Yes. <laughs> A lot that and that we didn't know we needed to read. Yes. So once we have the problem of the writer and the editor-in-chief and just the editors in general yes. not working together. Correct. And I think that is definitely the problem here. I feel like... Was this a four-issue miniseries originally? <laughs> I think I'll, I'll give I'll give Ben Fidel maybe five, maybe. Okay. And then what I think happened is Didio came in a week and a half before it was due and said, "Oh yeah, we need five more of these." Right. And I want your four issue miniseries to be a nine issue miniseries. Yeah, and so instead of because this is like a writer's dream, more I have yes. more time to tell my right. story. But I feel like Tom King's one of those writers. He has to have a specific plan. Yes. He's not Grant Morrison. He's not Grant Morrison. No, no, no. 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 Right. And, but, I mean, like, if you look at his 12-issue series, like The Mega Men and mm-hmm. Miss mm-hmm. Miracle, mm-hmm. like, those are set. He has his yes. things in order. Yes. Go through. Nice. Very good. orderly. Very orderly. Mm-hmm. Everything's set up. Yes. But for some reason, well, crap. Um, oh, I got to write well, four more issues, five more issues. Yeah. and But I don't have anything to add. Right. I'm not Grant Morrison who will just go like, oh, I'll just pull, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll just, just pull this out of my butt. Yeah, and I'll just all of a this sudden, uh, multiverse thing in here. Right. Like, no, he didn't. Grant Morrison is one of the few writers you could come to with two weeks before it's supposed the first issue yeah. to hit and mm-hmm. say, hey, you got five extra issues. He'd be like, not a problem. Yeah. He'd probably like clap his hands like, Ee. I had so much more to tell. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but your average writer is going to go, no, sure? no, 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 I, I purposely plotted and structured and created a four-issue story. Yeah. I don't have nine issues of material. No. Period. And that's not to give any excuses. No, 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 no. if you're a writer. That's true. Then figure it out. That, but that's the job. Especially at this point when you've had yes. five months. Yes. But I think that's what's going on here. So what I you have It's a lot of stalling. A lot of stalling. Yeah. Um, uh, I think fairly pretty artwork. No, oh, yeah, I like the artwork. Artwork is nice. So it's it's nice to look at. I absolutely agree. But ultimately, it's just saying nothing. It's just empty. It's yeah. a pretty facade. Yeah, it's and a pretty um, facade. And I remember uh, uh, Kevin mm-hmm. told me that he thinks that they are implying that because Wally West survived, that he had something to do with what happened. And I look, I read it, and I said, "There's so much nothing here. I can't even see that. I can't either. It's, uh, I mean, the fact that he survived. Maybe, I guess you could read that as implication, but I don't. There's nothing here that possibly and, sets and that there's, up. There's absolutely nothing about Wally West's character and his yeah fifty years of existence that mm-hmm. would suggest this kind of heel turn ever. Period. End no. of story. Just uh, nope, 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 no. nope, nope. I and mean, I the one the one time he was written. Well, was the one page where he hears the alarm and rushes off to right. go fight, you know, the bad guy. Right. It's, it's just it's so, so inconsistent with it. There are certain characters you can do a heel turn. It's got to be a slow turn. Sure. At, like when they turn, when they uh, Hal Jordan did a heel turn. Mm-hmm. You give him something. You give him an object that intoxicated him with power mm-hmm. and morphed his personality 
and it wasn't overnight. No. And and you had the reason is well, it's this this otherworldly power is corrupting him from within. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. There, you don't have that with Wally. You do no, not have that with Wally. Definitely not. To try to do that with Wally would be horrendous storytelling, yeah. and it will fall flat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will fall. Flat. I can tear it out. That will fail. Yeah, I, I can't even even as bad as this is. I can't see that. That's just that's too crazy. No, it doesn't make sense. However. It is. I. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and is this it? This is the company that thought that New Fifty Two was a good idea. This is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but um, it's. I don't know. It it's it's because like you know when I think of big events it, like especially ones written by Bendis like the very core is just rotten. You know, yes. The idea is just bad. Yes. I don't think anything here is a bad idea. It's just poorly executed. Exactly. Yeah, I agree That's... with you on that. I agree with you on that. And yeah. and, and another reason why you can't turn Wally heel, other than that you've done nothing <laughs> to set it literally up. nothing to yeah. set it up. Like it would just be the worst writing ever to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is because Wally is still the face of rebirth. Of rebirth. Mm-hmm. Period, and you can't get, you cannot get around that. Mm-hmm. You can't. The yeah. die is cast. Mm-hmm. That is the decision DC made. Yeah. They are now stuck with it. You cannot undo that. No, you cannot unring that bell. He is the face of rebirth. Period. End of story. Full stop. Sorry. Yeah, it's just how and it, it is. It runs counter to the, your entire initiative for your whole universe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so... Now, if they want to say that, you know, he saw and he fled, like, that there was so much going on, then... Okay. I would... Okay. All right. Sure. I I would prefer that he not run away, but mm-hmm. if it was, you know, something like it was too late, then... Right. I don't know. Right. But, but you know, that... I'm, I'm rewriting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying right, not right. to rewrite. Right. right. But anyways, right. um... Yeah, so I'm... God, this is... Plotting along to its inevitable conclusion. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not. I feel everything that was at once, at one time, somewhat interesting is just so just far yeah, just, in the distance that I can't even. I agree. It's it's disappointing to me. Yes, but and because I think there was potential here, mm-hmm. it's just nope. No, it's lost. Nope. Uh, the only thing I enjoyed about the issue, Stephen, was uh, Booster Gold and Ted Cord continue to be fantastic as Team Blue and Gold. Yeah, they are Somehow amazing. Somehow he they, he writes Booster Gold better when they're together. He does. He writes Booster Gold yes. way better when he's with Ted Cord. Yeah, way better. Huh. Uh, they're fantastic. They're the bright spot of the issue, yeah, yeah. and of course the fact that that's not Wally West. Yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. killing Wally West never it just it, it never made never any sense. made sense. Mm-hmm. Period. Not how, not why, not where. Just none of it yeah. from every angle made sense. So that's a plus. Yes. That's about all I can say positive. <laughs> everything else? About the writing. About the writing. Everything yeah. else, uh, the dialogue is as generic as they come. Yep. Everybody has the same external voice. Mm-hmm. Nobody has a personality. Yeah. The only one who has a personality would be Harley Quinn because it's a caricature. Yeah. That's true. Right, yeah. and the only other two characters to get a personality would be Booster Gold and Blue Beetle together. Mm-hmm. They work well. Yeah. Outside of Blue Beetle, but and they're Booster not in Gold, it very much. They're not. They're in it for only a couple of pages. Yeah, seriously, it's only a couple of pages. The two of them have good personality together. Outside of those two, everybody else is either completely generic or, in Harley Quinn's case, a caricature. Yeah, that's it. There's really 
outside of Booster Gold and, and, and Ted Cord, there's no chemistry. Yep. You're not engrossed in it. It's just very bland. And the story, there's, as we said, there's nothing, nothing there. There's nothing there. Nothing here. There's literally nothing yeah. there. There's, oh, that is that the Shining Knight? Yeah. Wow. Glad to see you for right. a page. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, wow. You do get to see Ray Palmer as the Adam. That's true. And if there was somebody who probably, you know, as a poster boy for someone who went through some some shit. It'd be Ray. It'd be Ray. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, wow. How do you grade out Heroes in Crisis number five? Um, I will, for the, for the, the the swerve at the end, which I just like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, I'll give the writing a three and be generous. Okay. And I'll give the art I'll give the art a because he gave him nothing to work with. He really didn't. I will Holy give the, it a seven because it is good. It is good. But with nothing, it is still kind of lacking in a way. I agree totally. Yeah. I agree. It's unfortunate. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> um uh Moy's a good artist. Yes. And does it has some pretty art and is given Nothing. nothing to work with. I mean, literally nothing, nothing to work with. This is like an artist's worst nightmare yes. to get the script. Seriously, artist's worst nightmare. The mo- the best thing to look forward to is that Joshua Williamson is doing a tie-in with Batman and the Flash, investigating. He's writing both. Yep. yep. So, mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Amen. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give the issue two night girls out of ten for the writing. Sure. Just uh, nothing there. Yeah. And the art seven night girls out of ten, like mm-hmm. you did the best with what they had. It's a Herculean effort. Amen, bro. All right. Let's check out the uh, Just League Annual number one, shall we? All right. This one brought to us words. Uh, sorry, the story is Scott Snyder and James Tinney the fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the words Tinney the fourth. He is really Pens- picking up. He's really picking up on Justice League. Really is. Yeah. I know. Uh, Daniel Semperi doing the pencils. Mm-hmm. Juan Elbaran doing the inks. Andriano Lucas doing the colors. And this one, we find out that uh, the source wall, the plan to to stop the source wall from exploding. Mm-hmm. All the Titans, right, that we saw in the earlier yeah, story no, arc. Yeah, no justice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't really trying to kill planets. They were trying to protect the universe. Mm-hmm. They, we just misunderstood them. Right. So now we've realized, oh, they're trying to protect the universe, yeah. trying to heal the universe. So mm-hmm. we were just, oh, we had a communication problem, that's all. Yeah, it's like no four galactuses, feeling. but with an actual final purpose. Right. Instead of just eating. <laughs> right. And there's a spot in the source wall for each Titan. Yes. But... There were four. There's yeah, only, there's only three, three now. Yeah. So what are we going to do for the fourth one? Kendra. Mm-hmm. Her destiny is to fill that fourth spot. Yes. Which means she'll be trapped there forever. Mm-hmm. And I was doing the happy dance. Ah, ha, ha. I was like, finally, we can get rid of this crap character. Yeah. Especially since we got Shiera Hall. Yeah, who, she's still around. Who yeah. blows away Kendra. Mm-hmm. Blows her away in terms of charisma, personality. She's yeah. such a more, such a more compelling character. It's not even funny. Yeah, such I a more agree. compelling character. I'm like, yay, we're getting rid of her. <laughs> and yeah, they have Kendra in like a Silver Hawks um, style armor. Yep. Uh, she takes her spot, and we see that um, we see that Martian Manhunter has made a world for her based mm-hmm. on all of her past lives, a happy space for her to live all of eternity into. Yeah. Right. Like, I know, and then we <laughs> see Kendra giving him a big on kiss on the lips. Yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, I know you have a wife, and I've been with Carter so many times, Carter Hall, yeah. so many lifetimes. But this is life is different, and this this ending is all mine. I just wanted to do something of my own." And I'm like, "We go right back to yeah. There are certain characters that just that don't. It just it you 
<laughs> they are just, literally called Hawk Man and Hawk Girl. Right. They are. They're, 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 my fingers are interlocking. Yes, they're like, supposed to be together. Yes, these two characters, <laughs> that is literally, literally, <laughs> their character's gimmick is literally the power of love, love. can transcend any time, space, space reality, mm, the, power, right, the power of the undying, unending power of love. Yeah. It is the testament to power of love. <laughs> did not need to see this did not see to see this Steven. take it away oh, yes uh, please do so it's like your dad french kissing your mom <laughs> no thank you and so um then we see as as they're about to slide Kendra into spot. And Dan rocks over here going, yeah, goodbye, you suck, goodbye, <laughs> you suck, goodbye. Because I thought they, they introduced Cheryl Hall. I thought for sure by introducing Cheryl yeah. Hall, we're like, yeah, we're getting – they've been doing all the great work with Hawkman, right? Vendini's mm-hmm. been doing great work with Hawkman. Right. Re, uh, you know, cleaning up his continuity. And yeah. I'm like, we're getting them back together again. <laughs> it's like Captain and Tennille reunion. I'm all happy. <laughs> so <laughs> – they're just meant to come together. Um, and so I'm doing the happy dance, and then Brainiac shows up, son of a bitch. And I yeah. knew at this point, no. Yeah, yeah couldn't Brainiac, have been that easy. Brainiac, he, um, he's with the Legion of Doom. He's with the Legion of Doom now, and we get a big old brawl. Mm-hmm. And in the brawl, oh dear, Starman loses his powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I think Brainiac hits him with something and it disrupts Zaps him. his. Yeah, it, it cuts off his connection to the totality. Mm-hmm. And so John Stormelli puts him in a little orb to save him. Yeah, and then Perpetua's like blah, 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 starts mm-hmm. to do her thing. Yeah, starts to freak out and and all these gods that are these a lot of these uh, giants that are in the source wall are her ex army, mm-hmm. and so they all start firing out energy and commanding yeah. their old leader to return and sure enough we see perpetual like materializing in space above where Brainiac's ship is and oh snap guess who's back yep perpetua is back yep and um at this point the new gods are like it's time for us to activate our boom tube and get out of here yep <laughs> <laughs> they leave and um and uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy are like, oh, snap. Guardians of the Universe. I mean, sorry, Guardians of the Galaxy, jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. <laughs> the Guardians of the Universe, jeez, are like, everybody, back to Oa. The edge of space is about to rip open. The source yeah. wall is going to explode. Like, we need to get back to Oa. Never to get Oa. out of here. <laughs> and then uh, our leaguers are like, you know, Kendra, get out of there. It's about to blow up. And Martian Manhunter grabs her and pulls her out of the source wall. And at this point, Rock is like, no! We were so close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> and so, um, anywho, then the source wall explodes. Yeah. Boom. Mm-hmm. That's not good. No. The repercussions are felt everywhere. You feel it in New Genesis. Yeah. We feel Where, it. <laughs> literally, because it and Apocalypse disappear. Yes. Yes. Apocalypse disappears. Poof, gone. Oop. New Genesis disappears. Poof, gone. Mm-hmm. We've seen the ghost sector, dark side going, what? Excellent. 
my 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 distortion field worked. We can now begin. <laughs> so he's all happy. Yeah, that's not good. No. On Earth, Swamp Thing's like, I felt a tremor. Yeah. Um, all of nature is screaming. And in heaven, uh, Spectre's like, oh, it's the affront against creation. There must be vengeance. <laughs> and then we cut to the House of Heroes from Multiversity, Stephen. Mm-hmm. What? Yes. A little Grant Morrison action. A little That's Grant right. Morrison from Multiversity. Mm-hmm. And we see the Superman from Multiversity say, uh, we need to step in. Yeah. Because it's going down. <laughs> That's right. This is, there's no stopping it now. This is the end. Bum, and bum, we bum. see Perpetua, and she's kind of forming inside of the Legion of Doom's ship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, Brainiac is, like, trying to stabilize everything. And uh, Lex goes, let's get out of here fast. Boom. So they head out. Mm-hmm. And then our Justice Leaguers are left behind. They're like, dang, we just, we just lost. Mm-hmm. We just lost. Yeah, because everybody else literally says, um, don't don't come back. You're done. Yeah, like, all the, the cosmic like, characters, like the Guardians and everything. Like, yeah. Your theories, you're done. Y- you stay where you are because <laughs> you, y- you goofed. You done goofed. Right. And you blew up the source wall. This is your fault. Mm-hmm. You're and idiots. And wow. And they're back on their, <laughs> the just leaders back on their ship heading back to Earth and... Starman's like the shell holding the multi, the shell holding the multiverse in place is broken, mm-hmm. and now it's adrift in the void, caught in unknown tides, heading towards judgment. Um, um, very very spooky, right? Yep. And then we come back to the Hall of Doom, and we see that our villains have Perpetua in like some kind of stasis tube, mm-hmm. incubating her or something. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. But Lex Luthor's like, it's time to prepare for a war unlike anything this multiverse has ever seen. <laughs> yeah. All right, Steve. Just the game on number one. What you think? Well, I knew it wasn't going to be that easy. No. They couldn't just stick her in the source wall. Damn it. And have it work. As soon as I saw Brain Egg, I said, God damn it. I know. <laughs> Bastard. But you know what? I really, I like this approach to the Justice League because unlike every other superhero team, the Justice League just ruins everything they touch. They do. It's very fascinating. They do. You're right. And I've, I've, I've just really enjoyed that. It's interesting. I like the way that they're, um, that <laughs> I don't know how they're going to top this. Yes. They've literally released the creator of the original multiverse. Yes. The father, the mother of the the monitors and the world forger, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, well, she's in stasis right now, but obviously they're going to unleash her. And the universe is the multiverse is dying. Yes, I do. You have you have reached peak? Oh shit! Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and everyone hates the Justice League now. Yes. Uh, so Shayera is not going to join, I guess. No, which sucks. Why? <laughs> but I, I gotta tell you, they keep they keep ramping and ramping and ramping. I'm I'm excited still. I really mm-hmm. really like. Um, well, I don't. Well, I don't like as in like. Oh, I'm so happy that the universe is dying. <laughs> but you know, I like the turn of events. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. I, um, I love that. You know, they have. That finally, with Brainiac on the Legion of Doom, they were able to do something. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still like all the characters. I think Tinian is probably the better of the two with the characters. I mean, mm-hmm. I still like how Snyder writes them. Oh, but yeah, no doubt. I think Tinian has a better handle on them as a whole. 
and so it's very it's well written it's mm-hmm. exciting mm-hmm. it's it's got the downer ending mm-hmm. it's absolutely it's i i just really 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 liked it and yes. the art's great too as well yes Lots of really cool sci-fi visuals to play with. And, Absolutely agree. Oh, it's so good. I, I think really it like it. Is uh, again, it's it's more the same with this title. Mm-hmm. It's just fantastic. Uh, I think Tinian and Snyder are doing a wonderful job taking the foundations of the uh, the new multiverse, mm-hmm. uh, which was birthed at the end of Fifty Two. Right. Okay. And let's be honest, the new multiverse that was birthed in a 52 is really the child of Grant Morrison. Yeah. Okay, Grant Morrison uh, was one of the writers of 52, Mm -hmm. and he did a lot of work reestablishing the multiverse. He always wanted to bring the multiverse back. He was a a vocal critic of getting rid of the the multiverse in the first place. He always wanted to bring it back. He finally got his wish with 52, Mm -hmm. he played a big role in writing the origins of the new multiverse yeah. with 52 mm-hmm. and he played a big role in further expounding upon that with final crisis and all the final crisis tie-in issues mm-hmm. and then with uh multiversity he he is absolutely the father of the current dc multiverse and i think that tinian snyder are doing a great job building off everything that grant morrison created yes and doing it what i like about it is i think they're they're doing it they're adding something new, mm-hmm. but playing within the sandbox that Grant Morrison created mm-hmm. and being true to the source material. Yes. Which definitely. I like. It's a good balance to strike. Yeah. You don't want to ignore everything before. You want to build off it in a you want to build off what Grant Morrison made in a very uh, logical and a very organic fashion. And that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I like the concept of Perpetua being the mother of the monitor, the anti-monitor. And the World Forger, the the three big multiverse mm-hmm. beings, beings, yeah. right? I I like that we learned that about her. You know, mm-hmm. they can Tinian continues to flesh out this, the multiverse and the and the DC's cosmic nature mm-hmm. really well. Yeah, um, it it it's really nice, and he uses Jack Kirby and Grant Morrison themes and creations. Mm-hmm. in a very natural, logical way. Right. In building this new character of Perpetua. Mm-hmm. And it really meshes really well. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. How they handle the source wall. The whole source wall, the construction of the universe, of the multiverse itself, that is all in line with Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. What Jack Kirby did in in his work at DC and what Grant Morrison did in his work in DC is very true to what was established. Mm-hmm. And they're building off it in a really nice way. Yeah. And making it even more complex, even more fun, even more fascinating. Yes. I love it. I oh, think yeah. it's fantastic. And um actually going back through um I was reading uh Metal, Dark Knights Metal mm-hmm. and then like everything up to the current that mm-hmm. first run of Justice League that they had. Um I like that they even went back and added to kind of what was established that they said in one of the issues of Metal that the that the hand that Crona saw yeah. in Christland Affairs was her hand. Right. Which was like, back when you're first reading it, it's like, I don't know who, whatever you're talking about. But right. now that we know, it's like, oh, that, it all, it, oh, it's so It cool. all comes together. Yeah. Like you it knew they had together. that in mind the whole time. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. It's it's awesome, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> I, this, 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 uh, the whole, this entire, from from no justice on, mm-hmm. from for, sorry with with from metal, uh, with metal, yeah. from metal on mm-hmm. throughout Justice League, 
has been a study in brilliant plotting, Stephen. Yes. This is brilliant, brilliant plotting. Mm -hmm. Amazing world building and amazing plotting. Bar none. Some of the best you're going to find in comics right now. Absolutely. Some of the best you're going to find anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think all the characters are great. All the characters are well done. Mm-hmm. I think I'll, the dialogue is really well done. Mm-hmm. I think Tinian is able to give characters their own unique voices, mm-hmm. their own unique personalities. You got a good interplay between the various characters. Uh, I mean, you get everything. You get good character work, good, good dialogue. You get good action. You get grand, epic, cosmic uh, storyline, mm-hmm. amazing continuity work, super strong plotting. Mm-hmm. It's well paced. It's clearly focused. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, what else? You know, do you want? <laughs> I know it's it's got it all. I am disappointed that Kendra didn't uh, become sure, part of the source wall. Sure, sure. I'm telling you that that <laughs> that character is becoming problematic with all the great work Venditti is doing with Carter Hall and Hawkman. Yeah, it's becoming highly problematic mm-hmm. because she doesn't fit in anymore with all the great char- with all the continuity work that Venditti has done with Hawkman. Yeah, she now is even more out of place than before. Yeah, you know what I mean. They need to address that character. Yeah, they do. And having a share hall be alive, be alive mm-hmm. is making it even worse. Mm-hmm. And Venditti has done a brilliant job cleaning up the continuity. We've both been amazed at how yeah. he's cleaned up the continuity for Hawkman. Mm-hmm. Don't you think they need to, to address the Hawk Girl side of yeah, the thing now? They do. They definitely do. I mean, it's it's got to. Yeah, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, it's 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 not working now, and it's it's. Even more out of place. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with that for sure. <laughs> they, they they got that in several places. I mean, they got that with the, with Hot Girl, and they got that with Kid Flash. They they got they yeah. they they've, they got themselves a, a, a few sticky sticky positions with with uh, Rebirth. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, and but, um, but this 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 Justice League is fantastic. This yeah. annual is great. I love it. I'm all on board. It, it just keeps getting better and better and better. You don't think they can outdo themselves, and they keep and they doing. Keep and they keep outdo. And this story, Stephen, it just keeps every time they give you an answer, three more questions open up, yep. and they give you an answer, three more questions open up. It's it's been a long time, Stephen, since I've seen a comic. Now we're we're um this has been going on. Uh, no justice. How long has it been since No Justice started? It's been. Almost two years. Um, I think it's been. I think been it's been year? two years since Metal. Two um, years since Metal. No Justice right? was last summer. You're right. Two yeah. years since Metal. Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't seen a story this well plotted over multi year span mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. In a long <laughs> time, like honestly, uh, the last time I saw this kind of plotting was back when Levitz used to write Legion of Superheroes. And they wow. would they would do they would build stories that would roll for not just months but for years. Yeah. I mm. mean, this is good plotting, long range plot. It's just phenomenal. It's 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 amazing. It I, is. I, 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 <laughs> it's just you don't see it that often. No, you don't. You just don't see it that often from Marvel or DC. No. And um, this once again, well, this kind of long range vision and this and, yeah. the, and this strong, tight, cohesive plotting that juggle so many things. You just so many, so many storylines that have and have it to be this complex, yeah. and this detailed, and this textured, and still have it all slide together perfectly. Yep, just not seen that often. No, definitely not. And um, for you know, and it once again, one of the things you know 
that we talk about with DC and Marvel, that the story of DC is about the multiverse, and Marvel just doesn't have that. No, no, no. So no DC, DC universe is always so much more fascinating to oh. like, to talk about and, and and you know explore. Completely agree. Look, I've, I've I've always grown up being equal Marvel and DC reader. Sure, always. Yeah. Um, but and I have the hardcover collection to prove it. Mm. Uh, I, I, I haven't pretty much equally, um, <laughs> but it, it, there's certain things Marvel, I think has done better than DC over mm. the years. I think, for example, Peter Parker, they managed to create a character that is more real world, every man right. character than DC has ever been able to do. Mm-hmm. But DC bar none, their continuity is superior to Marvel's period, full stop and a yeah. story. It is far more fascinating it is far more cohesive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can read, f- going back, you can go back to the first appearance of, uh, God, uh, when Barry Allen was Flash and Jay Garrick first appeared in Barry, in um, in the Flash comic. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You can s- use that as a starting point. That's, that's when you first introduced the multiverse. Yeah. Use that as a starting <laughs> point. You read that story, read all the JLA, JSA team-ups mm-hmm. throughout the 60s and 70s, yep. and read every big DC big event mm-hmm. that is one overarching storyline yep. it is one continuous cohesive storyline that DC has been telling now for over 40 50 years yep that's right nobody else has done that no nobody else has even come close no. to that <laughs> marvel doesn't even come close to doing that they their no. their their big events often don't touch on another big event at all no they all are yeah, right. they're all their own little thing Mm-hmm. Um, DC has been telling one overarching story now for four or five decades. Yeah, and it's so what makes their continuity so much more interesting. Exactly, and I mean, like Marvel had the opportunity after Secret Wars or the Fantastic Four, but then they just threw that away. Yep. So, I mean, you know, do what you're do what you're good at, I guess. Yeah, I guess but, so. This yeah. is DC strength, though. Oh, definitely. This is DC strength, and I'm yeah. glad they're leaning into it. Mm-hmm. And I like that they're even in the the midst of all the you know the oh no we lost. I do like that with Brainiac on the Legion of Doom, he brings a very different you know yes. style. Yeah, where he is not impressed by Lex Luthor at all. Right, it's like I'm here because I have things I want to do. So right. you go sit your little ball ass down. Exactly, and I'll take care of this. Uh huh. So yeah, it's a nice addition. I thought that was very interesting. I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> Totally agree. Yeah. I always like Brand. He's always Brand's been always been one of my favorite uh, screen villains. Yes, because he's also known as Pulsar Stargrave in Legion of Superheroes continuity, <laughs> and he wore white. Disco that is a cool name, Pulsar, Pulsar Stargrave. Stargrave. Yeah, it is a cool name, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. He, he's very rad in uh in, in, in plus he had sweet disco white disco <laughs> pants too. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Stephen, how would you how would you grade out Just League Annual Number One? Um. Well, for the the great writing and the great art, um, and the, the 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 knocking my socks off as they were, if I was wearing any at the Indeed. time. Indeed, um, I will give it. I'm going to give it straight nines. I think it's yes. excellent. Yes, yeah, it's good. Um, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm with you. The story, the writing, nine night girls out of ten. Mm-hmm. The art, I'll go just a tad bit less than you. Eight okay. night girls out of ten, sure. but whatever. It's not that much of a difference. <laughs> um, it's it's the truth behind the rating system. I know, right? Revealed. It's 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 really good. <laughs> yes, it is. I definitely recommend getting. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. Last up, the Flash. Annual number two. Yep, two of them. Yes, sir. <laughs> this one uh, we start with the. Uh, 
Uh, Bart Allen, back. Should we, should we say who wrote it into the thing? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Didn't I? <laughs> All right. I'm just so excited because Bart Allen's in the issue. I just wanted to get to the fun stuff. Okay. Yep. Anyhow, the words is, uh, of course, as always, Joshua Williamson, who's doing an amazing job on this franchise. Oh, yeah. The art, Scott Collins. Yeah. Yes. Classic Flash artist. Big fan of Scott Collins being back on the title. Mm-hmm. And the uh, colors by Luis Guerrero. Yeah. And so, anyhow, back to Bart Allen back impulse. <laughs> yeah, so and he's just typical Bart Allen speaking a mile a minute. And then he's looking for, you know, Grandpa Barry. Yeah. Grandma Iris. <laughs> mm. Yep. And they're not there. Yeah. And then he's like, where are they? And we cut to Sanctuary and we see uh, uh, Barry is holding Wally West's costume. Mm-hmm. There's no body. Yeah. Isn't that's, that weird? That's weird. I, I was confused as to what... With the revelations of of the fifth of Heroes in Crisis, I'm like, well... But then again, the I figured dis- there should have been a body. body we don't disappear? know. Yeah. I don't know. They they had that four-issue thing coming up. I figure that's where, that's where the investigation is supposed to happen. Okay. So. I thought that was really... That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's odd, odd, too, right? Yeah, definitely. No body. Yeah. And so he, he drops the costume and races off, and and he's thinking about... Wally and he's freaking out and he's running through the, the, the speed force and he's trying to look for him in the speed force. He's yelling mm-hmm. out for him, saying he's got to be in here. He's got to be in here. He doesn't find Wally, but you know who does find the speed force? Godspeed. Yep. Oh dear. Not here you're looking for. <laughs> Wrong day. <laughs> Wrong day for you, Spe- uh, 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 Godspeed. Godspeed, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the two start, uh, start fighting. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to Bart looking around for all, all the people in the flash family he looks yeah. first he looks for the ooh, yeah the jeff johns titans he's looking for connor mm-hmm. tim, tim cassie. cassie i was all like oh my boys <laughs> and then he's, he's looking for um uh, then he looks for max yep mm-hmm. mercury max he looks for jay garrick yep jesse quick and i'm just like oh my god all this pre Pre Flashpoint DCU continuity. <laughs> I mean, just gobs of it, right? Yeah, there's so much DC right in those. Oh, those just, just in those, <laughs> just, just that one page, right? I'm just like, oh man. And then we cut to uh, Iron Heights Penitentiary, where uh, Mina's being visited by uh, Wally, who you notice they're not calling Wallace. Yeah. Because they know they're really in a pickle. Yeah. They're really in a pickle with this. Yep. I, it, this, <laughs> boy, are they in, boy are they in a pickle, and with yeah. Bart Allen back too, it's, it's just just getting worse. Yeah, it's a lot. It's just yeah. getting worse. Mm-hmm. And um, Avery is there as well. Yes. And Godspeed appears, and he's wearing this blue gauntlet, mm-hmm. and he has to punch all the speedsters with this blue gauntlet because he's collecting something from them. Yeah. We don't know what, but something. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, Barry Allen races on the scene as well, and Godspeed takes him down, and then zaps. Mina, and then zaps Avery, then zaps Wally, and uh, during the fight of, with the gauntlet, and during the fight, he tells everyone that Wally West is dead. Yeah. All right. Well, at this point, Barry Allen loses it and starts beating the tar out of Godspeed, mm-hmm. and then he, you know, then Godspeed sucker punches him, <laughs> takes him out, yeah. and then races off to his boss. But before he leaves, he tells him, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then whispers it to him, which was kind of like a what? A, wait a minute, because before now he's been trash talking and yeah. mean and talking about how he he's working for somebody mm-hmm. who hates speedsters. Yeah, 
but he's, well, we don't we don't know we don't know who. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that he whispers, them, "I'm sorry for your loss," kind of like, "Uh oh, okay, something's going on here." Yeah. That was a neat moment. Well, well done. Yes. And then uh, Godspeed calls calls out for his boss, saying, "Hey, I'm done. Come get me. Mm-hmm. Come get me." And then Bart Allen appears and he <laughs> kicks him and <laughs> so were you him up. <laughs> and Godspeed's like, you know, he doesn't know who Godspeed is. Yeah. He's been gone. Yeah. And uh, Godspeed's like, you're not the Flash. Or, 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 I don't know who you are. Yeah. He doesn't recognize him. He goes, what are you, some new sidekick or something? <laughs> who, how many kids does he have in his life? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> um, and the, the boss of Godspeed says, you're not ready for that speedster. Into the speed force now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So he gets teleported away by his boss, and then Bart's racing around. Um, and Barry, you see Barry healing up from his fight, and then we cut to uh, Star Labs. Mm-hmm. And Mina's running some tests on uh, Avery and Wallace. <laughs> and they're fine, so they don't know what the gauntlet did to them because they're fine. They're not. Yeah. They haven't lost the powers. They're not hurt. Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Wallace gets mad that Barry hasn't told Iris yet that Wally's dead, and and he's Wallace is butt hurt still. Doesn't like Barry. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> um. So Barry rushes off to Iris's house mm-hmm. to tell her the news. Yeah. And she starts crying. Mm-hmm. And it's all dramatic. And they end up hugging each other in a big double-page splash scene. Now, this is how you use a double-page <laughs> splash scene, scene yeah. Stephen, that doesn't involve action. Yeah. And doesn't involve words. Mm-hmm. This is how you do it. Yeah. It conveys the emotion. Mm-hmm. That's well done. Mm-hmm. That's well done. And good art, too. Oh, yeah. That's a nice moment. That was a really well-done moment. Yeah, I, I liked it. I really liked it. And then we got the first epilogue. We have Bart Allen at the Flash Museum, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Man, I really need to find Wally." He and I, you know, he was always the one who I was connected to. Mm-hmm. He doesn't recognize Wally's outfit. Yeah, um, but he's like, he they could always talk to each other. He always he is Grandpa Barry was a little um, cold cold, mm-hmm. and closed off, but not Wally. Yeah. And so uh, Bart's like, all right, and, you know, I can't find my family, but I know what they would do. They'd never give up hope, so I'll see you soon, Wally. Now i got to find my friends. And it tells you, go check out Young Justice number one yeah. for more. Okay. And then we fade to black. We get the second epilogue. Godspeed's appearing before his boss. Mm-hmm. It looks like we're in the future in some cosmic-y, like, Jack Kirby-style lab. Yeah. And the boss is like, you told me you're sorry for his loss. Why? He's like, yeah, you know, didn't didn't sit right with me to say nothing. Mm-hmm. And the boss goes, uh, you've seen how the flashes have hurt the time stream. And ever since I was freed from Iron Heights in the 25th century yeah. and escaped to here, this weird cosmic location, mm-hmm. I've watched the Flash family and witnessed how destructive their actions are. And then the bo- uh, Godspeed gives the boss the gauntlet mm-hmm. with the samples of all the speedsters. And the boss goes, the Flash family will pay for what they did to me, what they did to my family, and by the time I'm finished, there'll be no more speedsters. And we see a, from the backside, a figure, the mm-hmm. boss, right? And he's crackling with red and blue energy. Yes. And he's pretty stocky. Yeah. You can't see the head. You can't see the head. You only see the back, so you don't know who it is, but we know it's a character from the future. 
Yeah. Who is in prison. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think. This should be interesting to see who it is, who this is, if this is going to be a brand new character Mm -hmm. or plucking somebody from the past. Mm. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious too. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, when I saw the blue, I was like, oh, God, please don't be Max Mercury as a oh, villain. Oh, no, but I do I don't not think want... No, 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 I don't think they're going to do that either. I don't think yeah. so. No, no, It's just when I see blue and... I, I think Max... I think, I, me too, me too. Yeah, I had the same even, thought originally, too. And that's not even close to his outfit, so... No, 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 no. no. Um, so what do you think, Flash Daniel number two? Um, I, well, I've, I've enjoyed the Flash ever since Joshua Williamson took over. I think yes. he's, he's done an incredible job. Yes. One of the um, only titles that can rival Justice League in terms of plotting. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean, look, even after reading Heroes in Crisis, where we know Wally West is not dead. Right. It's still, in a way, it does what a lot... It does... I mean, his characters don't know that yet. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's, it's not being dis- disingenuous. Yes. And um, it does a lot for what... It does for this title what the issue of Red Hood... Outlaw did after yes. they found out that Arsenal was dead. Correct. Where you have the characters who say, "Look, he's he was he was dead before, right?" That's what Nick right. the Two Wally says. Like you know, you weren't you dead? Wasn't everybody dead? Yeah, Barry, at some was point? dead. Barry was dead. Wally, Wally was, was dead. dead. Um, yeah. It's like so. No, it's and and he even says if you if you were really if you really thought he was dead, you would be torn up about it. Right. Or at least, you know, that's the implication of it. Mm-hmm. And so they have that part of it. But they also do address, like you said, and just like the um, Scott Lobdell did, and I still have a hard time saying that. I know, I know. <laughs> but where, you know, even though the idea, yes, this happens a lot, there's still that that sense of that they're still dead. That, right. you know, that you don't know if they're going to come back or not. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think I told you this. I think that's actually worse. Yes. Because if you're in a universe and where resurrections happen a lot, there's no closure. Yeah, there's no closure, and you know you're sitting around waiting. Yeah. And if it never happens, then that's that's a lot worse than just yeah. being dead the first time. Yeah. But um, I thought the like I thought the fight with God's the stuff with Godspeed is very interesting. I like I like that character and his mm-hmm. relation to um Barry Allen. Yes. I really like, and I know as much as um. Well, I was just going to this one. I, I really, really liked how Joshua Williamson has shown Barry's flaws as a as a as a person. Where he is yes. very, he's very controlling in mm-hmm. a way, mm-hmm. and in a way he's very selfish. Mm-hmm. Where he doesn't like. No, I don't think that you know Iris needs to know about Wally yet. Right. It's like, well, you should tell her. That's not your decision to make. Yeah, exactly. And um, the stuff with Godspeed, like where Godspeed is down, but he starts talking and saying, you know, like, well, we're friends, Barry. He's like, what? And then that's when he sucker punches him yep. is when he gets him to stop. Mm-hmm. Is It's it's so interesting. I've mm-hmm. really, I don't think anybody has done as much for Barry's character at this point. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Other totally. than Joshua Williamson. It's I very agree. fascinating. Yes, and, um, He's really done a lot with the character, make him much more interesting and much yes. more, uh, much more of a textured character than mm-hmm. before. A lot more yeah. three dimensional. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, and but I, and the power of his writing shows when when he finally tells Iris, like that moment before where he he freezes time, like he's kind of just yes. vibrating in in space or whatever. It's like 
this is the moment I'm always going to want to go back to is the moment before she knows. Yes. And that was like, wow, that really well done. Wasn't yeah. it? And it really, it really hit. Cause, Cause he does. He kind of just, he kind of just vibrates. Yeah. At super speed. So time slows down mm-hmm. and she's kind of frozen. Yep. And he just sits there and, th- yeah. and, and then, yeah, thinks about that. And it's, powerful yes it is and like where she he surprises her and she drops the glass mm-hmm. but it, he lets it fall mm-hmm. he's like wow you know you usually catch that and then right after that i thought that whole scene was really 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 powerful. really well done oh yeah. so emotional yeah. so powerful hit you mm-hmm. right in the heart yep totally agree because you have her initial burst of anger mm-hmm. as she you know as she you know wants him to wants barry to go kill whoever killed Mm-hmm. Wally, yeah, and then the, the you know anguish of well she doesn't really mean that because mm-hmm. Barry's not a murderer, not a killer, he's yeah, not a killer, and then just collapsing in silence mm-hmm. and holding each other. Yeah, it's the last time Stephen a scene got me like that mm-hmm. was the silent page of Batman holding oh Damien's uh, costume, uh, holding uh, Tim Drake. Oh, there you go. Yeah, holding Tim Drake in a hero, uh, 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 um, in a identity crisis. Identity crisis. Yeah. Uh, that one silent page of him just holding him. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, yeah. the, the scene. Uh, uh, yeah, rivaled that moment. Mm-hmm. Wow, it was really powerful, and, and, and the art was beautiful because he kind of uh, Collins puts like the soft focus on the edges mm-hmm. of of the of the double page shot. Yeah, and the colors are real muted. And but it, what's great is it looks like such an ordinary scene. Mm-hmm. It's such an ordinary scene. Yeah. Around them, it's like both Williamson yeah. and Collins both just combine. Just, just they just kill it at this moment. Oh yeah, they really do. But um, but yes, yeah, so I really I love that. Um, even though it made me you know tear up a little bit. <laughs> even though uh, I knew I had read right. Heroes in Crisis before, right. but it was still like you know when you. When it's genuine see, emotion from yeah. these characters, and um, but it's I, I think this was just really really great all all the way through. I um, love the stuff with Bart, even though he um, doesn't interact with the rest of the cast. I think that right. it's good to see him back, mm-hmm. um, and even at the end with him, where he looks at the statue of Wally and is like, "Well, you know, I got to find you because I can't talk to anybody else." Right. I thought that was kind of like. It was kind of, it was kind of like, oh, in a way, right? But um, it's a reminder that despite his his motor mouth, he's still a little kid. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm, I love, I, I'm just, it's it's just really, really, really great. It's hard it to is. find any more positive adjectives, but I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a it's a wonderful. Joshua Williamson is just she's just killing it on this title. Mm-hmm. He's just killing it. This issue, it's perfectly paced i mean it really is perfectly paced mm-hmm. it is perfectly plotted yep. it is it moves forward super focused it has a wonderful flow i mean each scene just flows perfectly and organically into the next one mm-hmm. it is such the perfect tempo perfect flow every scene building off the next one the character work is phenomenal williamson mm-hmm. has such and understanding and knowledge of the Flash family, it is scary how good he is with it. <laughs> it really is scary. Yeah. He just he just knows these characters. He understands them. He gives all of them well-developed personalities. Dialogue is fantastic. 
really well-crafted dialogue. Mm-hmm. Really well-crafted dialogue. The chemistry between these characters is intense and emotional. There's so much emotion and heart in this story. Mm-hmm. It is amazing how how he writes all the characters. It is phenomenal. So you get good character work, good dialogue, good action with the fight between Barry Allen and yep. Godspeed. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, what I love about Williamson, the man, just he's such a master plotter. Mm-hmm. Here he is taking an annual that's supposed to be, you know, the editors are telling him, you got to push pause and yeah. you got to deal with Heroes of Crisis. Crisis. Yeah. Okay. I can do that, and at the same time, I'm going to pull off more plotting mm-hmm. for the future. So he weaves in this mystery villain yep. and gives us a few teases about who, the identity of that person, mm-hmm. deals with Bart Allen and what he what role he's going to play going forward. Right. Uh, it's a lot. It's oh, yeah. a lot. It's, it's, he, he does a lot in this issue, even though it, it, this could have easily, Stephen, this easily could have been one of those pause issues. Yeah. Where you just address the big event and do nothing else, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do that. Okay, so that's awesome. Yes, that's really good, and and I agree. The fact that while he's not really dead doesn't impact this issue at all. No, at all. Mm-hmm. It, it, the Flash still. I'm telling you, the Flash and Justice League. If you're only reading two DC comics, mm-hmm. it should be the Flash and Justice League. Yeah, I agree. That, that that's that's what you should be spending your money on. Yes, because right now I, I do think that Scott Snyder, James Tinian, and uh, Joshua Williamson, or uh, I mean, in, in, until I'll put Grant Morrison aside because <laughs> he's the he's the uh, you know yeah he's a professor emeritus. Right. Put him to the side. <laughs> These three are pretty much uh, top of the game for DC. Yep. They really are. Absolutely. They 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 they're they're on fire. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyhow, how would you grade out Flash Annual Number Two? Um. For the writing, man, it made me cry, so I got to give it a ten. <laughs> Usually, that's that's like that's the difference between a nine and a ten. If it really hits me in some way, right, that's what crosses from just excellent to like you know. Uh, yes. Um, and the art, I will give the art a nine as well. I thought uh, Scott Collins. I mean, of course, he's great. It's he's Flash, great. and he's great with the Flash. Mm. But I thought that was an excellent job. Yep. Um, so I give that a nine. Very good. I will go. I will go nine nitros out of ten for the writing. Mm-hmm. Really well done. I'll go eight nitros out of ten for the art. Really well done as well. Yep. And definitely a comic worth hopping on. Oh yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Um. All right, Stephen. Well, it's not bad. It's a pretty good selection of comics from DC. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, we yeah. got two that we really liked from DC. Yes. Two we really liked, and mm-hmm. one we really didn't. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Marvel, we got two we didn't like, and one yeah. we did. Gosh, yeah. so we just we batted five hundred. There we go. We batted five hundred this week. Yeah. We batted five hundred. Yeah. Well, you know that. Hey, look. Hey, if we were major league baseball, we'd be an all star team. And 500, come on, that's that's a record. Well, they didn't have to read Heroes <laughs> in Crisis, so I think oh, they, they came out better than we did. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you, Stephen, looking back on the, the crop of comics this week and what we liked and didn't like, mm-hmm. um, Marvel really needs a good big event. They desperately need a good, they need, they need to, they desperately need to, I think, well, first of all, I think what they need to do is stop having so many big events. The same thing for yeah. DC. I mean, they, there's no reason for Heroes in Crisis to be rolled out as a big event when Doomsday Clock is going on. Sure. There's no reason for that, yeah. especially when Doomsday Clock is so much yeah. better. Even <laughs> with the shipping delays, Stephen. <laughs> even with the shipping delays, it is such a clearly superior oh, yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think both publishers need to just ratchet back the big events. Yeah. Just dial them back. And then Marvel needs to, they need to just like. They need a palate cleanser. Yeah, they do. Because honestly, they, their their big events are, are, I hate to say it, are more misses than hits. Well, I mean, Hickman had a hit. Oh, yeah. It was a big hit. What was their last hit before Hickman? What was the last big event hit before Hickman? Before it, Hickman? Yeah. How far back say, do you got to go? I liked Infinity, too. But um, uh, Civil War? So that's what? That was 2006? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, when was Infinity? Was that 2012, 2014? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, that's almost a decade. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's... It's been a long time. Yeah, it has. And when you say that there are more misses, I feel like that's somehow underselling how bad most of them have been. <laughs> like, there's misses, and then there's just, like, no. Like, Marvel got hit in the face with the baseball. That's that's how bad those are. Right. Well, I think that they need to, they need to stop running, like, oh, we're going to have the X-Men big event, yeah. and then we're going to have an Avengers big event, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have a universe big event. Yeah. Tone it down. And everything's all T- going to tie in together, yeah. all these issues. Oh, and Ghost Rider's going to be in here, too, with his tie-in issues. Like, no, it's stop just doing that. Tone it down. First of all, you need to clean up X-Men. No. Something fierce. Yeah. Ugh. Something fierce. Then you just Literally. need to hit the pause button. I mean, Steven, they've had their big events. Infinity Wars just ended. Yep. Before that, well, it was God. Infinity <laughs> Countdown. God. Before that, it was... Uh, oh, extermination had... too was on the side. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, and the return of Wolverine, which I do like. Yep, it's a good one, but mm-hmm. that's a, a, another big event. But looking, look, looking, going backward, Secret Empire. Um, Atrocious. Civil War Two. Ugh. Uh, then you had Secret Wars. Yeah. There you go. So 2015. Yay. All right. And then before that, you had Axis. Original Sin, Ugh. Infinity. No, I, I like that one. <laughs> um, Age of Ultron. God, that was a... Avengers versus X Men. Oh man, that Schism, was Schism. Fear itself. Ew, stop! <laughs> You're uh, making me think about these again. <laughs> yeah, Siege. At least that was only four issues. Thank God. Secret Invasion. Ugh. Talk about wasted potential. And then you're back to Civil War, mm-hmm. 2006. So, Stephen, honestly, it's been it's been since 2006. You had you had Infinity in 2013, and yep. then you had um, Secret Wars in 2015. So you're that's telling about, me that's about since 2006, mm-hmm. over a period of almost of, a decade of, of well, Jesus, 2019 now. So you're talking, yeah, no. you're talking almost 15 years, Stephen. Yep. And you've only you've only had three three good ones. Good big events in fifteen years. That's not good. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that, they, they got to work on that. Yeah. Well, the first thing they need to work on is because I heard um, a mutual friend, not the same mutual friend we always talk about, but another one, talking about how um, he's been enjoying Venom, and I mm-hmm. have as well. And you know, it's not a great title, but it's fun to read. Uh-huh. How that is being interrupted to do War of the Realms crossover. Uh huh. Like, Okay, and then I think that they're doing that with the Avengers as well. It's like I just really started liking that. Like, can we not? <laughs> can we not do that? 
Right. It's so simple. Just let your big event be your big event and let everyone else do their thing. Yeah. It's so simple. But Marvel cannot grasp that simple concept. Yep. Because I remember back in Secret Invasion, like how many tie-ins was that? Oh, God. It was a a, a lot. (laughs) Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's... well, they need to learn the, the meaning of quality control first. Yep. And after that, just tone it down with the big events. I think you're right. They do need that one really good one. They do. To to, to, to cleanse the palate, just kind of reset everything where it needs to be. And then tone down how many you do after that. I would I would advise that they not do one for at least five years. Yeah. I, I, would, I, yeah, yeah. I would call a timeout. Mm-hmm. If you want to do some franchise-only big events. Sure. Fine, yeah. an X Men big event, an Avengers big event, mm-hmm. and that's it. But don't, 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 but make don't them do a universe one. But don't do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, cause I mean, <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna do. Y'all are running out of real estate to use for yep. this. Agreed. In DC, they're always adding more, but Marvel is not. Mm-mm. They're just pulling from something. That's why we have Thanos and five titles in a year now. Right. Because he's all they got. It's well, crazy. not all they got, but, but you know, he's, he's their, he's their a heavy biggest cr- card. He's a yeah. big crutch right now. Yeah. Let's be honest. All right, my friend. There all you right. go. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, on that bombshell. Yes. Until next time, viva la revolucion. <laughs>